millions of people every day are reaping the health benefits of using cannabis oil, also known as CBD. This new product derived from hemp has fascinated doctors and scientists around the world for its powerful effects on the human body. If you are in need of alternative methods for health empowerment, please visit www.naturalhempoil.com. That's naturalhempoil.com. CBD is now legal in over 40 states, and our products are non-psychoactive and contain less than 0.3% THC levels. We also offer products for household pets. Naturalhempoil.com does not claim to treat cancer, PTSD, epilepsy, anxiety, insomnia, joint pain, eczema, or any chronic condition that you may have been diagnosed with. Please consult with a doctor before you take CBD. Results may vary, so give our natural CBD a try at www.naturalhempoil.com. That's naturalhempoil.com. Visit naturalhempoil.com. That's naturalhempoil.com. When it comes to stubborn belly fat, we're all searching for a miracle pill. Generally, you have to use multiple products that target belly fat differently to manage excess weight around the stomach. Some products may focus on abdominal exercises or dietary changes, while others might focus on boosting metabolism or controlling cravings. But believe it or not, I may have found a solution that removes the need for juggling through multiple weight management products. It's called Belly Trim, and it's more effective at targeting belly fat, enhancing metabolism, and promoting a toned midsection better than most weight management products I've seen typically found on store shelves. Tens of thousands of five-star reviews back up the notion that Belly Trim is not only a breakthrough in a bottle, but that it also removes the need for us to use countless diet pills and fat-burning supplements. But there's more. If you place your order for Belly Trim now, you'll also receive 51% off free VIP live health and fitness coaching for life, two free new ebooks titled Top 10 Foods That Burn Belly Fat, and Top 10 Exercises to Reduce Belly Fat, a 60-day satisfaction guarantee, and last but not least, free shipping. Simply go to www.trimwithus.com. That's www.trimwithus.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. Once again, that's www.trimwithus.com. Order now. Energy bills are rising at a historic rate, and there's no end in sight. Talk to enough people, and you'll soon realize nearly everyone's shocked at their recent electricity bills. Some studies reveal energy costs have skyrocketed by as high as 60% in as little as two years. That's why tens of thousands are installing this magical little device from SavePowerBills.com to help slash their energy bills. This sophisticated gadget stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your appliances and electronics. Simply plug it into your home wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Countless five-star reviews back up the notion that this device is one of the most efficient ways to save money while beating the greedy power companies. But there's more. If you order now, you'll also receive 65% off, fast shipping within the USA, hassle-free returns, and last but not least, a 60-day satisfaction guarantee. Just go to SavePowerBills.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. Once again, that's SavePowerBills.com. Violent crime across the U.S. has skyrocketed. Just recently, a politician was carjacked by three armed attackers outside his home in Washington, D.C. This comes several months after another politician was assaulted in the elevator of her building. Between mass shootings, kidnappings, burglaries, and carjackings, it's never been more vital to learn how to protect yourself. This is why tens of thousands are choosing the Fighter Flare Flashlight. The Fighter Flare Flashlight has awed people with a wonderful design and massive light output. On top of an ultra-bright 800-lumen light, it boasts powerful strobe lighting modes for self-defense, a glass breaking hammer, a built-in power bank, solar-powered recharging, rope cutter, siren, and much more. Countless five-star reviews back up the notion that this flashlight is the latest and greatest in the EDC market. But there's more. If you place your order for the Fighter Flare flashlight now, you'll also receive 66% off, free express shipping, and last but not least, a 100% lifetime guaranteed replacement. Simply go to www.fighterflare.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. 
www.fighterflare.com. Order now. Something wicked is coming this way, and only fools are ignoring the signs. So it's time you became a financial prepper like thousands of others. Gold can travel anywhere. It's international. It's its own currency. Allocate to gold now, the timeless safe haven asset. Open an IRA with noble gold investments to physically hold coins and bars and let real, tangible gold, not just paper, save your portfolio as the economy burns again. Right now, Noble Gold Investments offers a free 3-ounce silver American virtue coin with every qualified IRA. Just use the promo code code GOLD to claim your free coin and secure your family's financial future. Go to noblegoldinvestments.com now. noblegoldinvestments.com This performance may not be indicative of future results. Investing in precious metals, including gold, involves risks. Consult with your tax attorney or financial professional before making an investment decision. An endorsement, but as always, we encourage you to do your own research. Enjoy the show. Good evening, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Saturday Night Live Stream. Hope everyone out there is having a lovely day. Do me a favor, guys. I forgot to share the, the show on Truth Social until just like seven minutes ago. So if you wouldn't mind, if you're watching, if you're watching over there on Rumble or on Odyssey or the Foxhole, any of these fine platforms, please do me a favor. Consider liking the show. Consider sharing the show on your social media. Let people know we're live. And tonight I'm joined once more by the one and only Dr. Narco Longo of Old World Florida on YouTube. He's got a great channel. If you're not familiar with him, I suggest you check him out. I got a link to his uh, channel in the description below. And if you are familiar with him, then you probably remember him coming on the show about a month ago. Well, we've got a ton more stuff to get into. We barely scratched the surface on the magic and mystery of the Sunshine State. Narco is also a Florida resident, and uh, he's got quite the resume when it comes to researching this stuff. I I love hidden history. I love forbidden information. And he's actually just closing up his uh, his shop for the night. So he may be five minutes late. So I've got a couple of really important newsworthy items that I want to go over with you guys. We're going to do that just on the other side of the break. So do me a favor, sit back, relax, grab your popcorn, and I'll be right back after a very quick word from the sponsor of this program. All right, welcome back to the program, guys. Uh, we're going to begin tonight with a little proof of life from Damar Hamlin. Now, what we appear to have is a video of DeMar sometime after his recovery began. It was initially posted to Instagram, and then he shared it to his Twitter account. Now, I was not like a DeMar Hamlin fanboy. You guys know I don't care about sports ball. I don't watch that stuff. But I know that there will be people out there who can take a look at this guy and say, hey, either that's DeMar Hamlin or that's not Damar Hamlin, but let's let's take a look. Let's listen to it, and I, I want to get your thoughts. Anybody out there who you know is aware of who this guy is? 
Well, I'm so thankful to everybody. I know that it isn't enough just to be thankful. This is just the beginning of the impact that I wanted to have on the world. And with God's guidance, I will continue to do wonderful and great things. I couldn't do this without any of the support and the love. And I can't wait to continue to take y'all on this journey with me. Well, I'm so thankful. I don't know. You, you tell me. You guys tell me. I, 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 that kind of looks like Demar Hamlin to me. Maybe he's a little skinnier. Obviously, he hasn't been bulking up. He hasn't been working out. Hasn't been doing his supplements and all that stuff. Um, yeah. So I don't know. Th- this may or may not be Demar Hamlin. But now we have proof of life, and so people can put away the clone talk. Or uh, actually, this this may ignite more conversations about whether or not this is actually a clone. Uh, is this really Demar Hamlin, or is it a clone? I don't know. You guys tell me. All right. So. The other thing I wanted to make sure we talked about uh, was uh, David DePompe. Incredibly, David DePompe appears to be getting set up as a right-wing extremist who is going to essentially usher in another crackdown on people of the conservative leaning. Uh, Social Observer, good to see you, buddy. He says, deep fakes are alive and well, too. I completely... Excuse me, I completely agree with you. That actually could be uh, a distinct possibility. And with the quality of deepfakes nowadays, guys, we have no idea. We we really can't tell the difference from them. So let's see. I think the real test is going to be if Damar Hamlin actually shows up. If that same guy shows up in public, doesn't cover his face, you know, makes a public appearance, then, you know, we'll have something else to discuss. But again, could be a clone still, people are going to say. All right, so David DePompe. Let's let's go back a little ways, because I did a lot of research on David DePape when the story initially came out. We covered it quite a bit. Now, his former girlfriend gave an interview with a San Francisco based news organization, and she said unequivocally, David DePape is not a Trump supporter. He also has intense mental issues, and he is an illegal alien from Canada. He overstayed his visa like 14 years ago. So when she spoke to the news reporters, she said that they had met in Hawaii back in 2000, that he was kind of shy and sweet. He didn't know anything about politics. And most importantly, David DePape is not a right-wing radical, and that's despite what he apparently told the police despite his actions uh, and despite what everybody in the mainstream media is saying. And, you know, you can always tell when it's a setup, when they have uh, tweets ready to go, hashtags and stuff. And, you know, people on the left, they're immediately saying another example of right wing extremism. This is why we have to crack down. This is why we can't allow free speech online. This is why we can't allow people who voted for Trump to be alive and walking on the streets. <clears throat> but. Uh, they also did a lot of things to make parallels between David DePape's actions and then what happened on January 6th. Uh, when does Jimmy, I normally post the Zoom details right before I open the calls, uh, which is going to happen shortly after 10 p.m. tonight. So you'll get the information uh, here in just a little bit. No problem, buddy. Um, he brought zip ties, obviously. Uh, he, you know, broke a window to get into Nancy Pelosi's house. I was skeptical about that, but I did share the security camera footage. I, I will note this. It's interesting because they said that the night of Pelosi's security cameras weren't working. So now it appears that they are working. We have no guarantees. 
that David DePompe and his handlers didn't film that at a later date or film it on, on some other night before just so that it could be put out. But I'll tell you this, when the cops open the door and David DePompe and Paul Pelosi are standing there basically in their underwear and, and Paul Pelosi's holding a glass of scotch and they're both smiling and they're both holding the, the hammer and he acts like it's no big deal. Um, and then out of nowhere, David DePompe just, you know, starts beating him. It seems like a setup. I think that they paid him a fair sum of money. I think he's definitely not a Trump supporter. They paid him money so that he could uh, victimize Paul and Nancy Pelosi. They could use it as an excuse to institute more restrictions and take away more of our freedoms. Uh, and as a mentally ill person and, and somebody who's not a Trump supporter, he probably said, hey, you know, what's the worst that could happen? You know, I mean, I'm going to get deported back to Canada. They're going to give me a whole bunch of cash and I'll get to do whatever I want. Okay, so uh, she, the girlfriend, said, I don't think he became a Trump supporter. He was against the government, but if anything, he was opposed to the shadow government against the people who really run the government and use politicians as puppets, like Trump was a puppet. So let's actually listen to the uh, the actual statement that DePompe made. He called a journalist that works in San Francisco and uh, he had some he had some choice words here. Let me go ahead and get to this screen. And, and, and you guys tell me if you think this is organic. It sounds to me like he's actually reading from a script. What do you want to say? Because they release, as you know, they released the video earlier today. Yeah, I saw that. Yes. What What did you want? Thank you for calling me. What did you want? What did you want to tell me? Um, not that y'all have seen the body cam footage. I have an important message for everyone in America. You're welcome. Freedom uh, uh, liberty isn't dying. It's being killed systematically and deliberately. The people killing it have names and addresses. So I got their names and addresses so I could pay them a little visit and have a heart-to-heart chat about their bad behavior. The tree of liberty needs watering. We need men of valor. Patriots willing to put their own lives on the line to stand in opposition to tyranny. I would also like to apologize. I want to apologize to everyone. I messed up. What I did was really bad. I'm so sorry. I didn't get more of them. It's my own fault. No one else is to blame. I should have come better prepared. I spent all my time exposing government corruption online, only to have them silence my freedom of speech as quickly as they could. They circumvented the Constitution and private industry. But the ruling class outsources the repression of your civil rights to the private industry. It's called fascism. I have a lot more to say. I had a website of over 300 pages. That's 300 pages of stuff they don't want you to hear. I'm in the process of trying to set up a new site out of the reach of tyrannical global homo-fascists and their internet censors. Okay. Global homo-fascists. It was reported that David DePape, wasn't he like part of some like nudist colony? Wasn't he uh, uh, allegedly bisexual himself? Uh, What he does there is he uses all of these patriot talking points. Uh, He hits all of the buzzwords talking about tyranny and fascism and the the tree of liberty needing watering with uh, the blood of patriots and and, and, uh, and the, the horrible people in the authoritarian government. He he went a little overboard as far as I'm concerned, and it seemed to me to be absolutely 100% scripted. Uh, I think that, once again, we're going to see this being used as an excuse to take away more of our rights and uh, to essentially institute 
more authoritarian and draconian measures here in America. Mark my words. We'll go ahead and see what happens, though, and whether or not the government buys it. Certainly, uh, we're going to see an attempt by the left and the rhinos that are assisting them in uh, the federal government. So uh, let's talk to our representatives. If it comes down to it, we got to make sure that uh, we're holding people accountable. All right. Guess what, guys? We are actually now on the line with the one, the only, Dr. Narco Longo. You have made it, Narco. How are you tonight? You're muted, bud. I'm doing good, Zach. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Let me ask you this. Did you happen to listen to the David DePape uh, very convenient interview with the mainstream media. It's kind of weird to me if he's worried about the global homo fascists and the, the tyranny that we're facing today and the threat to our liberty that he would immediately run to the mainstream media, like the people who are working hand in hand with those people uh, to take away our rights. I'm actually entirely out of the loop on that. I don't know. I saw the I s- <laughs> I saw the uh, video. Mm-hmm. That was pretty funny, yeah. but I don't. I don't know uh, any of those updates. What happened? Can you could oh. you fill me in? I can definitely fill you in. Okay, so you know David DePapi. He, he's the guy that uh, went into Paul Pelosi's <laughs> house. Okay, five in the morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, they initially said that he, the security camera was off, and so they didn't have any footage. But at the time that they released the body camera footage on Friday, they also released about a seven minute portion of David DePape showing up. He had a backpack. He had a day pack. He was, you know, prepped for whatever he was going to do. He pulls a hammer out of his bag. He wraps like a sock or something around it. He breaks the window. He goes in. The police show up. And actually, they released the 911 call as well. And uh, I didn't hear it, but I did read some of the transcript. And Paul Pelosi I did call 911. That's his voice anyways. And he says that David DePape is telling him that he's a friend, but I don't know him. It sounds like David, uh, or excuse me, Paul Pelosi was probably a little drunk. I've heard that he likes to ski the slopes as well a little bit. So, you know, it was five, six in the morning. All right. So he was up partying. That's that's what I believe. It's an open secret in San Francisco that Paul Pelosi likes to hang out with the party boys. And uh, and so he and David DePape are standing at the door when the police open it or that he opens the door for them and he's standing there with a glass of scotch in his boxer shorts and him and David DePape are just holding on to this hammer together. And then out of nowhere, David DePape smashes him over the head. So mm-hmm. that was released. Yeah, I and, saw that. Yeah. And, and so that was released. And uh, this morning, I guess, in response to that, he called a journalist at some San Francisco news outlet and said, um, you know, I. Uh, Basically, I did it. I'm trying to, you know, water the tree of liberty. We've got to take this country back from the fascists. And, you know, he, he said a, a lot of things. Oh, he also said, I've been exposing government corruption, <laughs> which is like something that I'm definitely my doing myself all the time. But he makes note of his website. And that website was uh, the, the provenance of it was sketchy. Um, I, I don't know if you remember when that was revealed, but it was just a bunch of data that was scraped from other places and it was set up like right before the actual attack. So th- that, that's really all I got. I think it's a setup, basically. Yeah, it seems like it. all I ever heard about the guy was about him uh, officiating a nude wedding or something Correct. like that. Gay, yep. gay nude wedding. That's right. Or maybe just nude. Who knows? I'm pretty sure it was gay, too. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> it was a twofer. It was a twofer. Either it was way. a good we- good wedding. <laughs> so either way, you know, it just it, I, I I'll, I'll send you over the, the the link so you can hear the the audio because it's, oh, just yeah. so, it's so clear yeah. he's reading a script. You know, I mean, it's funny. Um, you know, the idea of these uh, uh, these these orchestrated events and, and uh, you know, controlled opposition, that's something that gets thrown around a lot, especially in people in circles of people who are putting out useful information. It's like the shills, they don't like what you're saying. So they try to say that you're being controlled by somebody. But basically, the thing they're angry about is that you won't be controlled by them. So you're like proving them mm-hmm. wrong with it. Anyways, I bring it up because I found that diss track. <laughs> your channel earlier today where you're calling out one of the trolls in your chat and i just thought that was hilarious and i was wondering how long you worked on that before you put it out so um that's actually like a uh, reputable tartarian uh okay. youtuber okay. tartaria page that uh basically um you know uh, called me a shill Mm-hmm. For, for no reason really i uh i called him out or i just commented on a video he did about florida that it was um that it seemed like he was kind of ripping me off but it was lighthearted. Mm-hmm. and then he just kind of blew he just blew up and, and was like you're a shill and uh I, there was lots of my uh commenters that were like hey this he's covering your material you know Mm-hmm. And I was like, so then he started calling each one of the, those people bots and like shills and sure. And it was just uh, absurd. And I was like, how how serious are people taking like this YouTube stuff? And I was like, what is a YouTuber after all? You know, it's our obligation as YouTubers to like entertain people. And so, um, you know, I think might have to be a boxing match next, but uh, I made it be a uh, diss track, I guess. I mean, it was it was a, a great way to deal with somebody who's trolling you. And uh, you, I mean, you took him to task. So anyways, I just wanted to give you props <laughs> on that. Um, OK, so uh, once again, Narco, thank you for joining us tonight. I appreciate you uh, hustling in here as soon as you were done with work. It means a lot. Um do me a favor, guys. Please hit that like button over on Rumble. It's it's free. It's like the easiest and quickest and fastest way that you can help out the channel and help people know that this is a show worth watching. Um, last time you were on the show, uh, we went back in history in Florida. We talked about things going back probably thousands of years, maybe even many thousands of years. But your research extends much, much farther back than that. And uh, you've got a couple of concepts mm-hmm. that I want to make sure that we talk about tonight. Um, I, I saw a video okay. of yours where you suggest that Florida may be the actual Garden of Eden. And it's not just for like a, a feeling that you have. You have, you know, quite a few data points that you point to. Uh, and then also mm-hmm. you suggest that Florida might actually be the mythical land of Atlantis. And so I guess I'd like to begin by asking you. Are those two theories connected by anything, or are they mutually exclusive? Mm -hmm. Is it either Eden, or is it either Atlantis? So, most people recognize Atlantis to be a Greek myth. Correct. Now, what's, what's a little bit less known, or less acknowledged by the Church, is that the Garden of Eden was 
directly ripped from Greek mythology. And this is evident, you know, um, up until a certain time, this was just common knowledge. So not only was the new, the new Testament drawing from Greek, um, not so long ago, but the old Testament, um, before the Hebrew was drawing from, from, um, you know, largely Greek. Mm -hmm. So Greek myths and such. So the word paradise comes from the word Hesperides, which is the three Hesperides. Um, sorry, my cat's making a little noise. There's three Hesperides. And these are the sisters, uh, daughters of the dawn, daughters of the evening. Some people equate this with uh, Venus. Um, I wouldn't necessarily, but it's kind of, um, I'm trying to show you why it was left out of the Christian myth. Because somewhere along the line, you can equate this with Eve and the original sin and Lucifer, because Lucifer is Venus in the Bible. They even tell you that, okay. the morning star. Yep. So these are the daughters of the morning, daughters of the dawn, daughters of the evening. And the three Hesperides, the central figure of the myth of the Garden of Hesperides is Atlas. So Hercules comes in at, at a, a point in time, but it's Atlas. And Atlas is actually positioned not far from the Garden of Hesperides in Greek mythology. And the Garden of Hesperides, which is where we get the word paradise from Hesperides, mm. is also called the Garden of the Atlantides. The Atlantides. So the Atlantides is synonymous with Hesperides. So paradise, Atlantis. And then in both the myths, it's different imagery, but the theme is the same. It is a loss of innocence, a loss of, um, you know, an original sin, so to speak, a fall from grace and, you know, a creator or a, a more advanced, um, race turning their back on, you know, a, what was supposed to be their, their, um, you know, light Children. side or, so to speak, yeah. And so there is also. Sorry, I got people trying to come in. Okay. Um, basically, also Plato, Plato places. Um, he, in a physical description of Atlantis and the Garden of Asperities, he says that they are. He he names the distance between the two, as if they are. You can travel from one to the next um, and not too long. It's it's only like seven miles, okay. I, I believe, somewhere around there. And so the Garden of Hesperides being that close to Atlantis, and that's in Plato's words. So right there, if we're going to interpret the story literally, I would say they both have to be interpreted literally. Okay. Um, and there are allegorical interpretations, of course, you know. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. It's okay. It's okay. All right. So, thinking of it as a literal place, why is it that you believe that Atlantis and Eden would be down here in Florida? So, I believe 
the I don't believe I know the whole world was Eden mm-hmm. at one point. Paradise was a point in time at one point in time, but the whole world was subtropical. And they'll even tell you this in the archaeological record, in the mainstream. They'll just tell you it was like the Jurassic period, like, you know, 50, 60 million years ago or bajillion, whatever, years ago. But they'll tell you the whole world was essentially tropical. Mm -hmm. So all I'm saying is it's probably not as far back as we think. But in mythology, they equate this to when the sky tilted over. And how, you know, we have this wobble, right? Whether you're on geocentric, heliocentric, either way, we have this 23.4 degree tilt, mm-hmm. which just so happens to be 66.6 when you're looking at it the right way, because you don't decide angles from 90 degrees. You decide them from from 180, right? Okay. Right. So Earth is tilted. Okay, whatever. This isn't isn't um, relevant, but people equate that tilt to the floods, the pole shift, ice age, younger Dryas, whatever Graham Hancock is smoking these days, mm-hmm. um, and that lines up with when the subtropical Earth became a temperate Earth. And it, it was a, extreme for a period. Now we're kind of leveling out and returning to a warming, global warming, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so you can look in the fossil record, and there's mango, banana, coconut all across the planet, mm-hmm. all across. So the evidence is there. The timelines have been skewed, though. And, uh, yeah, well, that's kind of the gist of it. Certainly, I mean, I, I think it's it's pretty obvious that uh, the scientists, the people that are, are recording this data and kind of parroting back to us what they want us to believe, it, it's it's clear that they have obscured uh, the true nature of the world and the way that things have happened in the timeline that they've happened upon. So, if we're thinking about you know thinking literally of the time when Eden existed on Earth. Would this be uh, going back to like the equivalent of say, the concept of Pangea when the continental plates had not yet pulled apart? Yeah, some people say that um, Steiner kind of is into the Pangea um, narrative, continental drift. Everything was closer. Uh, me, not so much. I'm more of like a fixed, fixed Earth type guy. I think the continents are kind of mm-hmm. fixed. I think it's more the sea level that's going up and down. And of course you'll have your volcanic activity here and there. But um, as far as the, the time period versus a location, when that shift would have happened and why Florida plays into this is because Florida is the only place that regardless of when or how that shift happened from a like golden age paradise to a very harsh temperate you get lucky if you can you know a hundred years of good climate in any one spot today um florida however due it's not florida itself it's due to the gulf stream in the gulf of mexico mm-hmm. that it does not allow this area to go outside of you know 50 degrees in the winter and 95 in the summer so 
the air moves so fast, the water temperature is so stable that after this cataclysm, it's a fact that Florida and the Gulf of Mexico area would have been the first uh, ecosystem to bounce back to 100% after a potentially worldwide devastation. You know, whether it's flood, ice age, you name it. Sure. Also, Florida, as far back as you go, Florida has the least volcanic and seismic disruption in the archaeological record of anywhere in the world. The least volcanic. And so that tells me something when you take that into the Gulf Stream, the springs, and then no destruction. You know, people point to the Middle East. Oh, this is where humanity came from. This here, here. Well, as soon as you start digging in those areas, you realize they were getting decimated every dozen years or so. You know, on one side of the Mediterranean, the other side, volcano, uh, earthquake, mudslide, flood, tsunami. When was the last time a tidal wave hit the Gulf of Mexico or even the east coast of Florida? Uh, You can't even think of it. Not aware of any. So, yeah. So there's a lot of stability here there's a lot of harmony the you know hurricanes come every once in a while but i see those as detoxifying have you ever gone down these canals in these florida neighborhoods and seen trash and muck and just you know it's all stagnant and it's it's like the, it's like the planet's lymph lymphatic system is just clogged sure when yeah. these storms come through when a hurricane comes through it's like a detox it's like a flush and everything just gets circulated and you go down and i've i've gone down completely polluted rivers after a hurricane it's almost like all that stuff's tossed back up onto the people and everything gets like a quick fresh fresh start you know especially the the waterways the canals sure yeah uh, it's true i mean you get that influx of water and it kind of just pushes out everything that's on top and all the nasty stuff i've actually been kind of Mm -hmm. kind of shocked by how much general litter i see down here in florida you know like um even in my suburban neighborhood you know i mean like it, it it's like people will just drive down the street and throw their taco bell bag out the window and uh, I mean, I'm always picking up trash. I just, it, it, I, I, it, I'm, you know, being from Michigan, being from Ohio, you know, I mean, you would expect like these these older and established cities, you know, being there since like the 1800s, I guess. I don't know. You know, you got people living on top of each other. You don't really have that, at least where I'm at in Florida. I mean, it's pretty much ground level everywhere. And uh, mm-hmm. and I just, uh, I'm just shocked at by how much trash I see all over the place. Well, you know, that is a, a downside. I will say Floridians are not notoriously, um, you know, green or uh, well, you, you don't have to be uh, minded. You, you don't have to be but an environmentalist also, to be a conservationist, yeah. you know, I mean, like agreed. Yeah, because <clears throat> there's oh, a I pick up, you know, I pick up I pick up a bucket of, of trash, uh, you know, whenever I can. Uh, at Palm Beach, Palm Beach, you know, what sets cities like Palm Beach apart, where you'll see no trash whatsoever, <laughs> is they provide bu- they provide buckets mm-hmm. for their own people to pick up trash. So when we go to Palm Beach, take a bucket, pick up some trash. 
Well, you know, the, the only downside of the Gulf Stream is that it pushes uh, our, you know, downstream from us is up towards England, right? Mm-hmm. Well, that water actually comes back down around again, and we get a lot of Africa's trash. Mm-hmm. And um, that African trash, boy, I'll tell you. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, <clears throat> I, I'm, I, I got nothing to complain about. I mean, I've seen plenty of beaches in Africa that are just I mean, that's all it is. You don't even see any sand. It's just trash mm-hmm. and bottles. And I mean, that's that's oh, that's a real problem. It's obviously something I think. I mean, if if we're if we're going to make the world better for everyone and, and you've got all of these people on the left who, who are lecturing to us here in America. I mean, honestly, we're one of the cleaner countries that you're going to find out there. Certainly, we're not polluting in the same oh, way yeah. that India or China or even, you know, these downtrodden third world nations in Africa are mm-hmm. Te- teach people to pick up their trash. I mean, that's like the simplest thing you can do to detoxify and beautify the earth. And uh, there's no focus on it. No, because it's kind of like any right or not even a right, just like uh, responsibility as a citizen that rather they get you into a state of um, like apathy and just have the government, you know, like profess your support for the government doing what you're supposed to do. And that's like the stamp of approval. Um, you know, it's the same thing with, it's like, uh, guns, you know, oh, I don't want my own gun. I'll pay someone else to have a gun that's strong and trained to do it ideally. But, you know, no, who's picking up our trash? They don't pick it up. They just melt it and burn it. (laughs) You know, like the prisoners that they have picking up trash, they just press that stuff and burn it and release it or throw it into a trash pile. So. Have you ever heard of uh, plasma gasification? It's uh, the process. No. Of, it's a process of taking solid waste and superheating it so that it separates into its elemental constituents. So you can uh, mm-hmm. extract noble gases and stuff like that, and you can use it to actually power boilers, wow. you know, stuff like that. It's it, they use it in uh, in Scandinavia because obviously there's really not that much room in like Norway and and Finland and stuff like that. I mean, and what what room there is, it's like permafrost. So they're not going to be able to bury the trash in the same way that we do here in the West. So they will they will mm-hmm. uh, essentially they will uh, uh, melt all the trash into a plasma, extract those gases, use that as a fuel source. And then the only thing that's left are these just little black carbon beads. They look like glass and you can use them as uh, uh, the bottom of a fish tank or something like that. I mean, it's totally inert and there's no pollution that comes from it. It's always been like the most intelligent way from, from, from my perspective to get rid of your trash. And it's just not a widely used source of energy or, or disposal. So I don't know, just kind of, kind of a, mm-hmm. a, a smart way to go about it, I think. All right. So I, I want to, oh no, go, you go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, hey, there's, there's all this stuff they cover up. Like, uh, you know, they have these bacterias that eat plastics Oh yeah, and they're so uh, reticent to, to, um, you know, introduce those, but, even apple cider vinegar, like household apple cider vinegar, can break down trace amounts of plastics in soil and stuff like that. So it's not even like high tech technology that needs to be done. People can be taught how to 
break down. Remember how much propaganda they, how many people in schools did that thing where you go to like a part of the school, bury like a diaper and dig it up like two weeks later. And they're like, see the effects guys, like see what we're doing to. <laughs> I never saw that. I never, <laughs> they never did yeah. that for us. Maybe it was, uh, I mean, yeah. I was, I was too older, I suppose, but that's pretty funny. That <laughs> doesn't prove much. I mean, it's only two weeks. Of course, it's not going to biodegrade at mm-hmm. this point. okay so uh i i want to i actually want to talk about um uh the your your theories on uh some aspects of the middle east uh essentially existing here in florida you know the idea that the fertile crescent isn't over there and perhaps the origins of civilization are are here in florida because it kind of dovetails with the idea that this would be the garden of eden and that life would have started here but i want to uh i would have first get some idea of any physical evidence that we might have that perhaps there are biblical origins to humanity and uh, and 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 uh, and the stories that we've read in the past could be here in Florida. Well, you know that that's pretty much the basis of the Mormon religion, right there. That is Joseph's the story of Joseph Smith and what he allegedly uncovered and, you know, how he got a lot of that material, the angels that he was communicating with. And I did not set out trying to get into the Mormon wars or anything, but as of like a Florida historian, alternative historian, I'm all about the Seminoles mm-hmm. and you learn about the Seminoles and that, you know, the Seminole wars was the great, the greatest conflict between America and a native tribe in our history, the most money we ever spent against a native tribe. There was the longest conflict against native Americans, right? Three, three successive wars. They destroyed every stone structure South of um, St. Augustine, essentially in Florida. The, wait, um, the Indians or, or the Americans, the Seminoles. Well, we're told officially Seminoles okay. were, and we're told the Seminole wars, so, you know, who was doing the destroying, who was doing uh, this or that, the whole narrative is upside down. Mm-hmm. Regardless, the Seminoles, you have the Seminole Wars. I've shown, I've probably shown you Seminoles. They look, they look ridiculous. They're Semitic. They're Middle Eastern. They're Berbers. They do not belong in Florida. And Hold on. I, 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 basic. Growing up in Michigan, they didn't put the as much of an emphasis on the Seminole Indians in my uh, in in my initial education. So well, let me actually pull this up because I want to get an idea. Oh, mm-hmm. this is it's just taking me to um, the sports ball team. Uh, let me see Seminole Indians. Search Seminole Chief nineteen hundred. That'll get you. Believe it or not, the word Michigan, same word as as Seminole. Really, Seminoles also called Muskegee, the tribe of Muskegee. Okay, Muskegee is the same word as Miss Michigan. Well, they've got and up and got, up and down. He's got facial hair. Sorry. Chief Chief Tommy yeah. Jumper, nineteen hundred. I mean, I thought famously Native Americans didn't grow facial hair. Nope. Yep. Let me let's see him. Yeah, uh, the Seminoles are the best kept secret of um, Native American history. He's almost Mongolian or something. 
like Eurasia. Uh, they, psh, dude, they look everything except Native American. That's crazy. <clears throat> they have. They wear turbans. The women wear neck beads, as if they're straight plucked out of an African tribe. Wow. The men look look Indian, like from India, probably because they're a mix of Irish and North African people. Mm-hmm. That's what we're told. But they definitely have Irish and Scottish and Welsh last names. Um, one of the most famous ones, uh, Osceola, the most famous Seminole of them all, who was really not a chief. His last name was Powell. His real name was Billy Powell. <laughs> and he was he was Scottish or half Scottish, right? That's crazy. So, and when you see them, when you see this tribe, they're wearing turbans and then kilts. You know, like they'll be wearing kilts, plaid, which is tartan, by the way. The uh, the word for plaid or like a your family's plaid is a tartan or tartan. Okay, in Scottish. And there's your Tartarian connection because the Scots are the Scythians and the Scythians wore plaid too. Um, and the Seminoles wear plaid. And the Seminole average height of a Seminole in Seminole native in Florida in the between the twenties and the sixties, when they were still living completely outside twenty four seven, hunting, drinking water, uh, trading, trapping, six foot four. And they lived over 95 years old, average, 95, walking, running through the woods. What so do we, what do we know about their language? Like, can we trace the the uh, origins of their language to connect it to? Uh, well, they speak a variety of Creek and the Creek language goes back to Creek is actually Greek. These are Greek descended peoples and we don't quite understand what it means to be a greek but in the words of alexander the great uh you know any virtuous barbarian is a greek so i think we need to re-examine what it means to be greek but i think it's hold worth on. it's worth noting hang on no i got one more for you no <laughs> okay to, well, just, no, no, no. I just, to drill I just... the drill the point home okay go ahead go ahead somebody somebody's upset in the chat i just got to let them know they're not blocked and everybody's seeing everything they're saying so keep going keep going okay creek is greek and it's no coincidence that every single state that was previously under creek territory has a city by the name of athens no coincidence wow okay the the pioneer the pioneers did not love greek mythology that much uh how do we know this because the, virtually everything else named around there is named after the bible and uh some christians have appreciation for for pagan mythology but southern baptists definitely don't you know mm-hmm. or not not all of them but most of them <laughs> kind of your televangelists of today back then they didn't like anything that wasn't you know white jesus and and scrambled eggs so uh yeah so my mind is just kind of blown looking at the outfits that these guys wore i mean first of all they wear more you you want to see it you want to see what i'm looking at um yeah can the audience see them oh, oh yeah the audience can see it yeah i'm just uh okay nice Oh no! Yeah, no, if they... you search Seminole, um, search uh, 
Billy Bowlegs the third. Billy Bowlegs I I I. Bowlegs sounds like a ska. Sounds like a ska song. Okay. Um. All right. So yeah, just uh, Border Town Mom. Turbans. You are not, you, you are not blocked. You were never blocked, and everybody has seen everything you've said. Um, so I, I, I don't know, I don't know where this is coming from, but just know everybody sees you. you you're not blocked. If, if people aren't answering you, then I, I don't know. Um, you know, I don't that think it's anything personal. Him. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, nobody has the ability to block anybody on the, in the chat anyways. I, I don't have any mods on purpose because I want this to be a place where people can go ahead and, uh, mm-hmm. and, and have a conversation, even if you talk about things that you don't agree on. Okay. So, um, Billy Bowlegs. Mod, mod backward. Say that again. Mod mod backwards is Dom. Okay. <laughs> yeah, little so, phonetics for you. So, Billy Bowlegs. I, I'm looking at a portrait of him right now. He's got a strong mustache. I mean, he looks like Custer over here. He's got a, a little mm-hmm. soul patch as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, and the clothing. The cl- I um let me ask you this is this what they looked like when European settlers got here I mean th- these aren't uh these okay, well, affects that they they've adopted Interesting thing about the Seminoles is that they are they never adopted the horse so they 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 refused to adopt the horse and I'm speaking I'm generally speaking but you know I'm sure you can find a Seminole on a horse, but as a whole, generally, they did not implement the horse into their society. Now, at the time of European arrival, believe it or not, the Seminole tribe called, um, answered the call of Montezuma when Cortez sailed in. Montezuma sent for aid, and his network extended as far as the Florida Peninsula. And uh, we're told not across, this is like mainstream history, by the way, okay. um, not, not across the Yucatan Peninsula, not across the short way across the sea, but around the Gulf, there was a trade network and highways, you know, roads that could be traveled with couriers. And they sent word to the Muscogee and the Seminoles. The Seminoles is like a later configuration, you know, uh, group of people pushed together down into Florida by the, by Jackson and the Indian act or whatever they called it, Indian removal act or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, um, basically at that time I can show you, um, let me see if I can pull that up at the time of European arrival, basically, uh, the Seminoles were undefeated in warfare Going, going by the name Muscogee. The Muscogees were undefeated in warfare, way taller than the average person, like they still were in the 1960s before they were fully integrated into society, um, American society. So back then, undefeated in warfare, but by the time they got to Montezuma, the battle was over and there was nothing they could do. So from that point, they went back they traveled back and had to earn back their territory around Texas, Oklahoma, Alabama. And then they got pushed down into Florida. Allegedly, this is all mainstream history, by the way, mm-hmm. down into Florida by Jackson. And then the Seminole Wars happened. 
in like the 1830s. But to bring it back to why, um, you know, the Mormons is the Mormon wars kicked up right around this the same time, a little before, a little after. I don't remember off the top of my head, but mid 1800s, you had Seminole Wars, Barbary Wars, and the Mormon Wars. What is the common motif between all three of those? Islam. The Moors in Barbary, Barbary Wars, Moors, Seminoles who look Moorish, and believe me, there's a lot of Moorish history and architecture in Florida, and then the Mormons who themselves use the word Mormon. And you see their architecture, it looks like it's from a, another planet, yeah. the Mormon architecture. Uh, the architecture in Florida kind of looks like it's from not another planet, but certainly doesn't look like it belongs in Florida for the late 1800s. It looks like a, a Moorish palace, it looks like a Moorish castle. And uh, yeah, so those are some of the pieces we're putting together. So so what, what, when did the Moors first come here? To America? Yeah. Okay, see now that's that's a a point of debate. We I they were here, trust me. They like they were here. But whether they escaped Iberia after the uh Battle of Granada and escaped to the Americas, or were they already present in the Americas? Now that's up for debate. And I'd say it's both. The the crescent and the star, you know, I throw a lot of like one liners out there, not jokes, but like I throw a lot of like clickbait, um, you know, one lines out there. And I don't mean that Islam like only comes from America. I'm saying that the crescent and the star, this is like the Tartaria everyone is looking for. It's like an Eastern Oriental aesthetic empire that inhabited the world that was kicked out and erased by Rome. Well, when Rome was gone, when, uh, you know, even when the Christian powers were fading and America started fighting this war, this would be like your Barbary War. Well, they were fighting Barbary pirates in the north coast of Africa in the early 1800s. And then immediately, immediately when they when the Barbary Wars ended and America came out victorious, that same fleet sailed directly to Key West and enacted martial law. Hmm. So what for? And this was the same time period as the Seminole Wars. So they're just fighting the same war and calling it two separate wars. You know, they do the same thing today. Do they not? Sure. And did it in the seven in the seventies and the sixties and Absolutely. Okay. <clears throat> um oh, shoot. Uh Okay, there's still conversation going on about the uh, the question of, um, of of muting and banning. Yeah, I, I'm the only one who can do it, guys, and I'm I'm not doing it to anybody. So don't worry about it. We, I don't I don't want you to be concerning yourself. Um, okay, what about in your video uh, about John Saxer, where you're talking about mm-hmm. the uh, nexus of, uh, of of two rivers, I believe, and a particular plant that grows there. Hmm. Isn't that part okay. of the, 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 your, your... the gopher Go gopher ahead. wood? Gopher yeah. wood, yes. Gopher. Sorry, yeah. Sorry, I know I drift away from the 
the initial questions. Um, okay. But physical evidence, yes. Mm-hmm. There is a wood called the Torea pine, Torea, in Florida. That is a, it's a tree that grows about, you know, basically 40, 50 feet high. And this tree has such unusual properties that when a man by the name of E.E. E. Calloway moved there, who was very well studied in the Bible, this tree, which only is endemic to the Appalachia, Appalachicola River area, small, small strip of northwest Florida, uh, just pushing into uh, Georgia and Alabama, just a tiny bit, basically, gopher wood grows here. The Terea pine goes by the name of gopher wood. And this also called a stinking cedar. I think they call it stinking cedar. A couple of different names, but gopher wood. In the Old Testament, gopher wood is the wood that Noah's Ark was constructed out of. Okay. Now, when you look at the Mormon account, they too place a a uh, one of God's prophets taking a group of people out of a boat from the Apalachicola River area. It is astounding that for E. e. Calloway to have put those pieces together, uninspired, un you know influenced by the Mormon account, because he didn't write anything about that at all. And believe me, he was eager for more and more evidence to support his theories. So he would have addressed it if he knew about it. Um, just like John Zaxer uh, finding the anchors, it's just for these to line up to have the wood of the boat and the anchors of the boat. For me, you know, it's just overwhelming. And I understand if people need to see more of the pieces put together. And that's why we're still talking about it. I'm still going out there, still checking every corner I can. But basically, let's talk about the wood. It's unusually light and buoyant. It's one of the most buoyant woods in the world. Um, it's on par with, what do they call it, balsa wood. Mm-hmm. It's it's a superior to balsa wood in buoyancy and such. And for it to only grow in this area, of the, of the 28 trees identified in the Bible, 27 of them, grow in the Apalachicola River area have been identified by a group of experts and E.E. Calloway himself. And by the way, this gentleman, E.E. Calloway, he's not just some, um, you know, hoot. He's not just crazy Floridian. He was our 1936 Republican governor, candidate for governor in the state of Florida. Nice. Uh, so it's it's very funny that he's kind of been written out of history, too. It reminds me of Charlie Smith, the oldest man in America, who at the age of about 120, 130 or so, he died like 137. I have uh, a, some some people's. I have a relative well, named uh, Henry Fransoy or Han- Henry Francisco, who lived to be 134. He is my my oldest 
uh, immigrant wow. to America relative. He came from uh, Amsterdam or like the border of uh, of, of uh, Amsterdam in France and uh, emigrated here, fought in the mm-hmm. Revolutionary War, fought in the French Indian War um, and uh, got a pension from the government. Yeah, died at 134. So that's interesting. Charlie Smith, he, he beat out my uh, my granddad. <laughs> Did I did I talk about Charlie Smith when I was on no, last time? No, I've never heard of Charlie Smith. Okay, so can I share my screen? Yeah, you can. Go ahead. Go ahead. You you see my screen? Not yet. No. No. Let me make sure that you're a co-host. Okay, you shouldn't have any. Oh, you know what? I see now. I see. Okay, hold on. Let me pull this up. Um. Shoot, where is it? I can just describe it really well. No, I should be able to. Just kidding. Okay. So, here, I'll stop sharing. Okay. I'll try again. No, it's it's because I have two Zoom windows open, and it's showing it on the other uh, screen, and I just, I'm trying to figure out how to get that to show up. That's okay. I don't have to share. Yeah, okay. If you just search Charlie Smith, Florida, um, there's pictures of him. Basically, it's a man, an orange picker. So if you haven't seen my video on Florida oranges are the golden apples of mythology, check those. Check that out. Um, Florida oranges. No joke, guys. No joke. Um, Florida orange picker by the name of Charlie Smith was born in Liberia or what's modern day Liberia, if I'm not mistaken, and was sold into slavery around 12 or 14 around there in Florida for as long as he can remember over a hundred years, like 120 years straight, but definitely a hundred years. He picked oranges for every single day of his life. Just about. Wow. And how many oranges you think he would have been eating? Even if, even if he, even if he didn't like oranges, how many oranges you think he inevitably would have eaten? I mean, I think it's no coincidence (laughs) that this man and he, when he, when given the option, when slavery was abolished, he kept picking oranges. He just liked it. He loved it. He loved picking oranges. It gave him freedom in the nights. Um, He liked to go out too. He liked to party, you know, So, um, he was known to have girlfriends well over a hundred years old, like girlfriends well younger than him. Uh, (laughs) this is like, well known. I'm not even kidding. So those oranges, those oranges will keep you virile too. So Uh, is this, is this why you survived on oranges alone for six months? Well, I, we didn't get to talk about that. That's actually kind of clickbait. I'm, I'm, that's the title of the book that I'm reading. Okay. Or that's, it's, it's a part of a book. The book is called Long Life in Florida by Hilton Hotima, mm-hmm. whose, his real name was George Clement. He's a author, mystic, and one of the world's only experts on long life. 
and old age. So he traveled and studied. He lived in the tropics. He served in the Spanish-American War in the Philippines mm-hmm. and observed trop- the tropic lifestyle compared to the American lifestyles. Ended up living the last half of his life in Florida and subsisting only, largely, he claimed to be a breatharian, but the only foods he did eat. Now, breatharian to these people did not mean nothing. It meant, it meant having a certain attitude towards food in general. Okay. It didn't mean that I, I eat nothing and I'm going to prove it to you on social media, you know. So like not, not like that Svetlana Lakova chick, the, the human Barbie. No, he would eat, he would drink orange juice and he would put, he and his doctor friends would put people on orange juice fasts Mm -hmm. for weeks at a time with tremendous results, like astounding. So that particular video of I lived off nothing but orange juice for six months was a actual firsthand account of a a girl who was very overweight in terrible shape back in probably somewhere between like the thirties and fifties. If I had to guess, she was like a German American immigrant, ate a shit ton of just normal food, got really fat and her organs started shutting down. She was just, ugh. and they put her on a nothing but orange juice diet. And, you know, like I'm a, I'm a vegetarian. I've been in, a lot of like these holistic health circles and there's like a lot of BS. There's a lot of hogwash snake oil, but there's also a lot of good stuff. And, but even the good stuff, a lot of the time will take its toll on you, you know, like these detoxes, the cleanse, they can be kind of shocking to the system. Mm -hmm. The The beauty of the orange juice is that it is maximum detoxification while being comfortable the entire time she she says the only discomfort she had was a runny nose and that other than that she the weight dropped off of her her skin went from now granted there's no pictures of this so it is just her account and the doctors that studied her but this was replicated in many 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 people so much so that they decided to write pretty much an entire chapter of this book about it, about the orange. And that was the basis for, for my video, the golden apple and stuff like that. You know, what's interesting is that some years ago, I actually did a seven day fast. And uh, after the first three days of like having no sustenance, the only thing I had for the last few was orange juice. And I, and I just like happened to do that. I was like, you know, fruit juice, mm-hmm. I will have a, it's just some fruit juice so that I'm not like, you know, passing out and having a, a glycemic shock or something like that. Um, over mm-hmm. here on Rumble, I'm just a patriot said, ask Dr. Narco if he's heard of E.E. E. Calloway and his theory of Eden being in Florida. You must have come yeah. in late because we definitely discussed that. So you're on the right track and uh, glad to see it. All right. Yeah. So uh, to that commenter, you know, if if you don't know that I know who E. Calloway is, you probably don't know who John Saxer is. And you've got to go check out John Saxer because he arrived at the same exact conclusion, completely unaware of E. Calloway. E. Calloway had his, you know, narrow, he had his microscope zoomed in on the wood. Well, John Saxer 
not even aware of the wood or the, you know, any of that in Tampa Bay, not far, still on the West coast of Florida, uh, in the Gulf, Gulf coast of Florida found the anchors. He found 2000 ancient stone anchors larger than anywhere else in the world and older. So, you know, uh, it looks like it's only the YouTubers and people like this that are permitted to put two and two together. Sure. The sure. mainstream academics are running away from this with everything they can. They, they're turning their way. You know, they won't acknowledge any of it. But, well, yeah. there's there's so much funding on the line. You know, there's people's careers that are on the line. And if you make waves or, or if you start <clears throat> talking about things that are outside of the uh, the the, uh, the accepted paradigm, you know, I mean, what they allow you to talk about, then you get ostracized. Mm-hmm. You know, you lose your tenure. You're not going to be uh, working at the dream job that you went to school for years to attain. And uh, yeah, so you're right. It is it is just YouTubers and people and making it, videos. It throws the. Um... You know, it kind of makes me think of, you know, all of these like missing uh, people that that go missing in in cars and drown. And then these YouTubers go with their mm-hmm. uh, diving equipment and just it's like they have 100 percent, you know, uh, success rate or mm-hmm. close to it. They just it's not even a funding issue. It's not even a this. Issue. It's just an interest issue. Mm-hmm. People, it's like a con. This is like the same argument argument for communism. You cannot compel people into interest or like passion. So sometimes the mainstream just has to sit back and let the people that are you know nuts about stuff go and do the the sniffing around because the people with the degrees and this and that, the stamps of approval, they don't have the passion. They're not going to. You know, it takes them fucking 25 years to, like, write a book and to study one dusty site. And it's, you know. Sure. And some of these people come in, mainstream Florida historians. Mm -hmm. And, you know, not not to pat myself on the back, but they're all just so compartmentalized. Like, you know, oh, I'm a Calusa expert. So, you know, this is my specialty. And if you show me a fort on the other side of Florida, I'll have no idea what the hell you're talking about. Mm-hmm. It's kind of sad. So it is kind of YouTubers or, you know, whoever these al- alternative researchers really kind of get a better bird's eye view because they're not, they're not compartmentalized. They're not getting shepherded into these certain avenues of predetermined studies and dig sites and this and that. Yeah, absolutely. That that kind of <clears throat> 40,000 foot view allows people to make connections that you otherwise wouldn't be able to make because you're keeping yourself within the confines of that box. Uh, yeah, good. Also, point. also anything in Florida throws the out of Africa theory right out the window because it also it also throws the Bering Strait theory right out the window, mm-hmm. because if you have anything in Peninsula, Florida, you are almost guaranteed transatlantic contact sure sure sure. you find in the wind in the window over bog sites they found advanced textile so they found you know um, weaving and clothing that was thousands of years ahead of what was found in the 1500s in some of the places so eight thousand years ago they had uh patterns and stuff similar to what i'm wearing right now mm-hmm. in in mud in mud eight thousand years ago so and those were the european dna people that i'm sure yeah 
I talked about. And that's your, that's why there's no attention given because out of Africa, it goes right out the window. They need Egypt. They need out of Africa to transition to Egypt, to transition to Greece, mm-hmm. to transition to, to modern Western society. Absolutely. They are, yeah. they are absolutely petrified of Western society seeding the Eastern continent. Mm-hmm. That is their, that is their nightmare. That is yeah. the ultimate empowerment that they will deny the people. So true. So, and that's, that's why they have to, they, they have to call you racist if you don't believe in the out of Africa theory, because mm-hmm. of course there's nothing worse than being a racist and they have to shame you into it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, Narco, we're going to open up the phones here. Uh, I just want to go oh, to yeah. Foxhole real quick and, and see if there's any questions for you from the audience over there. Um, let me see. Uh, Sean Joe, thank you for that. Cookie Filter Dog One said that Damar Hamlin video is a deep fake. Uh, Porpoiseful, thank you for the cookie. Tempo 420, thank you for the cookie. Matt 1776 says, Cheers, RP78. That video was awkward as hell. I'm assuming that was the Damar Hamlin video as well. Uh, Space Coast Patriot says, Nobody saw DePompe hit. Millions of people every day are reaping the health benefits of using cannabis oil, also known as CBD. This new product derived from hemp has fascinated doctors and scientists around the world for its powerful effects on the human body. If you are in need of alternative methods for health empowerment, please visit www.naturalhempoil.com. That's www.naturalhempoil.com. CBD is now legal in over 40 states, and our products are non-psychoactive and contain less than 0.3% THC levels. We also offer products for household pets. NaturalHempOil.com does not claim to treat cancer, PTSD, epilepsy, anxiety, insomnia, joint pain, eczema, or any chronic condition that you may have been diagnosed with. Please consult with a doctor before you take CBD. Results may vary, so give our natural CBD a try at www.NaturalHempOil.com. That's www.NaturalHempOil.com. Energy bills are rising at a historic rate, and there's no end in sight. That's why tens of thousands are using this amazing little device from SavePowerBills.com. It's a small but smart gadget that stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your electronics. Just plug it into your home's wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Order now to get 65% off plus many free bonuses before they sell out by going to SavePowerBills.com. That's SavePowerBills.com. Order now. Energy bills are rising at a historic rate, and there's no end in sight. That's why tens of thousands are using this amazing little device from SavePowerBills.com. It's a small but smart gadget that stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your electronics. Just plug it into your home's wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Order now to get 65% off plus many free bonuses before they sell out by going to SavePowerBills.com. That's SavePowerBills.com. Order now. Violent crime across the U.S. has skyrocketed. Between mass shootings, homicides, kidnappings, burglaries, and carjacking, it's never been more vital to learn how to protect yourself. This is why tens of thousands are choosing the Fighter Flare Flashlight. The Fighter Flare Flashlight includes an ultra-bright 800-lumen light, powerful strobe lighting modes for self-defense, a glass-breaking hammer, a built-in power bank, solar-powered recharging, rope and wire cutter, siren, high and low LED lighting mode, and much more. Simply place your order now to get 66% off along with many other free bonuses before they sell out by going to www.fighterflare.com. Order now at www.fighterflare.com fighterflare.com A 
human catastrophe is closing in. Nobody knows how far this one is going to go. You can feel the heat as tension is rising globally. War is expensive. Open a Noble Gold Investments IRA today, and you can claim a free 3-ounce silver American virtue coin. Just use the promo code GOLD. Go to noblegoldinvestments.com now. Best performance may not be indicative of future results. Investing in precious metals, including gold, involves risks. Consult with your tax attorney or financial professional before making an investment decision. Paul with the hammer. It was behind the wall. Theatrics. Yeah, uh, that's actually a good point. Definitely, you know, he did that Maxwell's silver hammer swing, and Paul Pelosi was making some really unsettling noises as he was uh, snoring, passed out on the ground, but we didn't actually see the hammer make contact. Uh, Empress, good to see you. She dropped 345 gold pills. Emily UK, good to see you, Emily. Evening red pill, happy new year to you and Lisa and to Dr. Narco. Uh, Space Coast Patriot also says our sea beans here in Cape Canaveral and Cocoa Beach wash up from South America. Interesting. Mm, uh, yeah. Space, I, I'm not, I'm not familiar with sea beans, so I don't know, um, I don't know what those are. But uh, Space Coast Patriot also said, 25 years ago, I learned about the Mormons and the planet of Kolob. I I am just like at a cursory level familiar with the intricacies of the Mormon faith. I remember when I was in college and a a, a friend of mine from a class, we were like study partners, and we started talking about religion. And he said that he was converting to Mormonism. And I was like, that's odd. I was like, I I know people who are Mormon, but I don't know anyone who converted to Mormonism. And he started explaining it to me in a way that the people that I had grown up with who were Mormon, they never went into (laughs) into details about what it was they actually believed. And once he explained it to me, I was like, well, no wonder, (laughs) because it just seems so fantastical. I mean, it seems like uh, uh, science fiction, but I, I suppose... There's a possibility that uh, if uh, if your faith is significantly different from another person's faith and they're hearing about it for the first time, it might sound like science fiction to them, too. So although I may not subscribe to Mormonism, I think that we have to respect people's beliefs. Uh, Space Coast Patriot also said Billy Bowlegs is a big celebration in the panhandle of Florida Uh, and or as Costanza says, the moops. That's right. George Costanza. I was thinking about uh the, have you seen that episode? He was like the moops. And, and, um, well, look look it up online. You can probably find a clip of it. Uh, Crystal Jane, thank you for the shades. Nakaz808, good to see you, buddy. He says, super interesting show. I love it. And then DPatriot1776 says, great guest, much love. Thank you very much. I'm glad you're enjoying it. All right, we got three people on the line. DJ Vector is first. An unknown phone number is second. That might be DJ. And then Rowan is third. So bringing in DJ Vector. This is Vector the Aussie, right? This is Vector the Aussie, yes. He said that he's actually in contact with you on uh, on Instagram. Vector is... Right. Ve- you know what? I'm, I'm going to let you guys take... Let me let me go grab the stuff that Vector has sent me, Narco, because you got to see it. It's incredible. Vector, are you there? Yes, I am. How are you, Red Pill 78? My brother from What's another up? I'm and doing Dr. Longo, we've already made contact on Instagram, so we're already fine <laughs> friends. How are you, my friend? Nice, man. Good to see you, Vec. Yes, I, I've got a new show that I put together just for Anons and Autists in the last week, and I really want you to be one of my first guests, bro. So Sign me up. Love it. I love it. Hello to your audience, Red Pill 78. Hello to Real Red Pill girlfriend, fiance, and Real Red Pill mom, everyone out there. Um, I've been broadcasting for the last couple of hours. I did music the first hour. I did interviews with Anons uh, the second hour, and now I'm calling in and uh, saying hello to you guys and Oh, look at you. Look at that. Okay. So first you know, of all, you, 
You didn't need to show any of this off, Red Pill. You know, I sent you an email. I said to you that I didn't send it to you because of that. I know. I know you didn't, but you know how I am. I want to show this. I want to show people because I appreciate it when people go to great lengths to make me custom merchandise. I mean, this is pretty awesome. Okay, we got the gym bag, but wait a second, (laughs) Narco. It gets better. We've also got a custom pair oh, of shoes. shoes that I, I, he I have sent. a pair of those shoes. I love them, bro. They look amazing on my feet. <laughs> they do. They and, and I'm keeping them nice and crispy because you know oh, I'm, I'm low. I'm low key a sneakerhead. I don't talk about it all that often, but I have uh, too many pairs of sneakers, and these are just gorgeous, incredible, incredible shoes. And uh, yeah, I, I, and I, I'm, yes, I'm honored. Those ones were made in China, Zach. There was no other way. Mm-hmm. The only people that were prepared to do them for me. So. Uh, and they weren't made in a slave factory. Okay, good. I'm glad to hear. I'm glad to hear. All right. American, so. pen, American Penny is the best they could ever hope for. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> oh, and, so I, cool. and I designed it personally. I did I did all of it. I'm going to slightly change things and stuff, but that bag and that fanny pack is one of, one of 117 copies. So they're only limited edition. And I don't know if you got a jersey that's at the post office. You obviously didn't get that. Not yet. But it's like the piece of resistance, and uh, it's uh, it's literally a Red Pill 78 most valuable player jersey, soccer jersey. <laughs> so when you see this, you, then you'll be like, oh, shit, this is cool. All when right. I get it, uh, when I get it, I will wear the whole outfit, and I will do a show in it. <laughs> Oh, great. Okay. Great. Great. Um, That's awesome. Look, I, I just, I, look, I've got my Anons who are going to call in as well. Hopefully, Zombie Clan's going to call in because we just cut our show off so that we could call in and, and talk to Dr. Narco Longo. I haven't spoken to you for so long, months. I've been working my ass off in the kitchen as a chef. You know, your original mm-hmm. uh, DJ asshole chef. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just want to love you guys up. Dr. Longo, all right, let's talk about these stone anchors, bro. What's going on with this? I watched that whole show and I watched the thing about the oranges as well. I've been, I've been like drinking orange juice, freshly squeezed daily because I work at a gourmet food emporium. So, nice. and I'm feeling fabulous, bro. Mm-hmm. Really so before, Go before Narco goes into the details on these anchors, let me just say moving here to Florida, the, the presence of these coquina anchors like all over the place was just a mystery to me. And then I found you on YouTube and you explained it, and I was like, oh, my God, this is the most incredible thing that I can possibly imagine. Please, d- d- tell us about it. Did I not show pictures of them? Uh, no, I believe I you did. I did. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, where to start? They're the largest and oldest stone anchors in the world, in Florida. They got a little bit of mainstream attention in like the 90s, early, early 2000s. But since like 2008, they have, there's not been a single peep, not one. Uh, John Saxer got, got, uh, archived or like Atlantapedia, that website. But aside from that, nothing. There's, when you search ancient Stoneacre, uh, Florida, even a year ago, even about a year ago, I could get more results on a Google search than I could now because these stone anchors really, really, really punch a hole in a lot of narratives. So when this expert went over there with John Saxer, he went by the name of Bill Donato, and they went and they studied these anchors, <clears throat> they found the rope marks and Bill Donato said these are the largest stone anchors i've ever seen in the world so you know wasn't the largest royalty, bro. wasn't sax a royalty yeah see now that's where 
I don't try and make that the crux of the story because not everyone's on the same page about what royal blood means. I know, I know what it means and I know my understanding of it and I've been with the man and I know, uh, there's something in the blood, there's something, whether it's the RH negative, whether it's the, this or that psychic, uh, clairvoyant innate ability. Basically he has it. He's the real deal psychic archaeologist for him to to just stumble stumble is the perfect word he stumbled onto everything that he's found and to piece everything together like he has and don't get me wrong he is a little bit out there but you know i'm a, i'm definitely out there so i'm stoned too Mm-hmm. <laughs> By the way, it's one seventeen p.m. here in Australia. Sorry, Red Pill. I know that you know. It's okay. Weed, but it's all good. I don't, I don't care um, if other people do. All right. Nice point. Uh, what else can I say? Listen, uh, I love you guys. I don't want to take up too much time because there are other callers and stuff like that. But uh, Dr. Longo, if you can come on uh, this new show for Anons and Autists, I'd love you to call in sometime, Zach, and say hello. I know that you're massively yeah. busy and I don't want you to do any shows, bro, because uh, I'm already worried about you and I want you to like cut back. But I you're, you're the hardest working person on the internet. What, what's going on? <laughs> Badlands, amazing. Like, great. Like, Thank you. Brad and all these other people. I, I can't believe how fabulous you all are. Like, I'm really like impressed. I'm going to give you a, a little announcement before I go is that uh, a friend of mine, Loyal Nine, he's pretty much said yes to me that he's going to do a new show with me. Loyal Nine's going to be interviewed on Badlands Media. He's got a liquid candy voice uh, and he's one of the most smart people, great on communism, everything. So go and check out Loyal Nine on Rumble and do a bit of research and maybe touch base with him, Red Pill, because right um, he's going and um, I just wanted to give him a big shout out. So shout out to the Anons and Autists. I think Zombie Clan's going to call in and say hello to you. Okay. Um, and yeah, I love you. So if, oh, I don't know what else to say, man. I just wanted to say hello to you and, and Narco because you're both friends of mine. Uh, love you. And that's all. That's all. Yes. I love you and you're doing a great job. Then that's it. All right, brother. You have a great night. Thank you as always. Thanks, Victor. Let's See you Love you guys. Love you too. Bye. Man. Peace. All right. Next caller coming in. Caller, you're on the air. Can we get your name? Yes. Yeah, it's DJ. I was right. It's DJ Snake Pliskin himself. <laughs> you right. Yes. You Welcome to the program, DJ. <laughs> Thank you for having me. How are you this evening? Excellent, sir. Excellent. And you? Good, good. And your guest? Nice guest. Nice topic. I'm not really too much into this topic, but I'll listen anyway. <laughs> um, so, did you watch uh, Donald Trump speak in uh, South Carolina this evening? I, I actually didn't get a chance to. I was going to watch it later tonight when I was doing the post-show work. I, I had a bunch of other stuff to do. But t- fill me in. What did he say? He said a bunch of stuff, but I'm going to give you some. I'm going to give you something that I thought of, that I kind of calculated in here, and you tell me what you think. Okay. So something I don't know. Last year, something led me. I, I don't know where I got the initial spark from the to do this calculation, but the calculation led to March, right? And then I started thinking about March. So March this year is a palindrome month. You know what a palindrome is, right? Yeah, yeah, same backwards as forwards. Right. So if you take 32023 to 32029, that's a palindrome of 10 days, right? Okay. 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 So, in Trump's speech, 
he said something about he said he he was talking about getting people out of Mexico and out of the United States and sending them back to Mexico. And he's like, during my term, I, I sent a lot of MS, MS-13 members, you know, back. And also a lot of the gang from hell. And I'm like, what the hell is he talking about, the gang from hell? And I'm like, oh, the Satanists. <laughs> he got rid of the Satanists. Um, and he said he got rid of thousands of them. And then also... He said, April Fool's 13 times and April 1st once. Hmm. So, from the 29th, right, uh, to, from, from the 20th to the 1st is 13 days, and then April 1st. Okay, very so interesting. April is something, <clears throat> so, what was the- coming up in April. What was the content? Why why did he say April Fools so many times? What what was he referring to? Because he was because he was referring to he was referring to the border. Um yeah. he was referring to like uh, them wanting to re- defund the cops and put put um patriots in jail and let criminals go. He's like it's like April Fools day every day. Okay, okay, I get so, it. But he it. didn't never say April but he never said April Fools day. He just said April Fools. Sure. So that's what you say when you trick somebody on April Fools day. That's true. That's, that's true. the way I'm taking this. So so hopefully something good is coming in April. Well, I'm I, anxious and I'm waiting. Certainly hope so. Certainly hope yeah, so. I could, I, I could be wrong, but you know it's worth a shot. There's nothing wrong with a little bit of hope here. You know, we gotta we gotta sustain yeah, yeah, ourselves yeah. with something. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Well, so, so I DJ. About oh, what? I was going to ask you. Yeah, I was go ahead. Ask you. Um, do you think it would be possible for you to get one hundred seven on? Um. Uh, yeah, I probably could. I mean, I've had him on a number of times in the past. I just haven't talked to him for a long time. And Mel Kay. I've I've never talked to Mel Kay, but uh, that's a possibility, I'm sure. Yeah, I would like to see you know. I would like to speak to them and see what they have to say. Okay, okay. I'll, I, I'll... I think it would give a good show because it, definitely your whole audience knows about both of them. So, sure, of know, course. Think, you know. Yeah, I'm sure there's right, a well, lot of cross pollination. All right, brother, you, you do say? the same. You were saying something. Oh, I was just saying you do the same, my friend. All right, buddy. Have a great um, big, uh, rest of the weekend, and we love you. I know you love us. God bless you, and God bless America. Later. God bless you, brother. Much love. We'll talk to you soon. Right. Yeah, yeah. Right. And, okay, we've only got one other person on the line, and that's totally fine because I have another subject that I wanted to bring up with you, <clears throat> but we'll do it after this next caller. There's something going on with the Rumble chat. I, I can't get it to work. I was trying to reshare the um, uh, the Zoom link, but it's not working, and I can't see any chat right now. But Rowan, we've got Rowan on the line. Rowan is actually somebody I've also communicated with by email. How you doing, Rowan? Hey, give me one second. Just had to pause the stream there. Uh, very good to finally talk to you, brother, because uh, I've been listening to you for years. And like I said, I sent you an email uh you're probably my favorite guy talking about this sort of stuff because, you know, it's a we face a lot of grim stuff, uh, a little horrible realities, and you sort of keep the optimism alive, so that's pretty good. So true. So good to finally talk to you. 
Likewise, likewise. Yeah, nice to meet you. Um, so obviously, Rowan, uh, you're, you're from Ireland, but are you just living in America or are you an American citizen? I'm pursuing citizenship, but I, I'm going to go for the state nationality when I can instead of, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the history, but um, U.S. citizenship as a category didn't exist until, uh, what was it, 90 years after the founding of this country, 1866, they created the 14th Amendment, ostensibly to give uh, people of color uh, citizenship, but really it was actually to um, make a sort of a legal slavery for the rest of us, okay. for everyone. Um, so there, that's a whole and uh, yeah, no, alternate history being the topic of, of conversation, Dr. Longo. So uh, that's a whole uh, sort of covered up thing that we don't really talk about. And we certainly mm-hmm. don't teach our kids in public schools. That's a I rabbit hole. I'd l- that, that's definitely a rabbit hole I'd like to go down. I, I'd, uh, yeah, I'm not particularly familiar with exactly the distinction between the two or how it works. But uh, yeah, I mean, definitely I, I'd be interested in checking it out. Um, well, to, to make a very long story short, then I would recommend you check out a video. It's just a. Um, a guy named Yusuf Al, he does a lot of law talk, but he reads an article, uh, and this is on YouTube. Um, this article is uh, was written by a guy named Vaughn Wilson, and he runs a website, Copper Moonshine Stills, and I really do believe that he's making moonshine and uh, the authorities know about it because he's one of these untouchables, right? And to make a, a, an incredibly long story short, I would love to get into this, but that's not what we're talking about right now. Um the, the article is called How to Beat the Law, and the video is titled How to Get on the Do Not Detain List. But I think those titles are very reductive because this is like, I think, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, they suspended the Constitution. They suspended the Constitution. Like, that's not how it works. You surrendered your rights in a voluntary way without knowing it because of the way they word things and the way adhesion contracts work and all this sort of stuff. It's a very complicated subject. But I do believe that you're familiar with Bill Cooper, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Right. Good, good. Um, so Bill Cooper said we're all players on the on the board by choice and consent as far as they're concerned. Mm-hmm. I have seen that to be true so many times. So yeah. uh, the long story short is they have tricked us into legal slavery by inventing a category that did not exist when the Constitution was written. Right. So that's very important. Um, and that would be 14th Amendment citizenship. Uh, mm-hmm. U.S. citizenship. And I, I, you know what, before I get to the reason why we, we start talking in the first place, which is that song, very important, uh, I would like to quote Jones versus Temer, which is a Supreme Court ruling. And this is par- paraphrase. I have a good memory, but it's been a long time since I've read it. And it says, the privileges and immunities clause of the 14th Amendment protects very few rights because it neither incorporates the Bill of Rights nor protects all rights of individual citizens, but rather it protects only those rights which are peculiar to being a citizen of the federal government. It does not protect those rights which pertain to to, uh, state citizenship. And what you hear there is state citizenship and federal citizenship. They're like oil and water. They don't mix one time. And it says protects very few rights, doesn't have the Bill of Rights, which is, of course, the first 10 amendments. So here's an interesting thing for you. When you go into court or whatever, you know, you had a firearm in a way that's constitutional, but quote unquote illegal, you know, like these new ATF regulations. What do they say? They, you know, I've seen it. I've seen footage of people saying, oh, Second Amendment, this, that, and the other. And it's legitimate to point that out. But the judge goes, you mentioned the Constitution again, and I'll hold you in contempt. I love to ask people which one of those two men was acting in dishonor. They always say the judge and they're always wrong. And the reason why they're wrong is, well, put it this way. If you work for Walmart, you could, and then you bring a gun into work. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, you're not allowed to do that. You can as a as a guy going into Briar's groceries, but if you work in there, you signed a contract, and that a contract is where you give up certain rights in order for certain privileges, and mm-hmm. that's a voluntary act. And even the Constitution, not the Bill of Rights now, but the Constitution itself protects your right, your unlimited right to uh, to contract. So if you can give up your rights in exchange for privileges. So when we do that, well, well, what happened in 1871? Anyone familiar with what happened that was a major turning point in the history of this country in 1871, five years after the creation of 14th Amendment citizenship? The incorporation was- <laughs> from the United States, so yes. We, we were given a legal status for us to adopt, and over the years we forgot about the previous one that existed when the nation was constituted, and five years after they created that legal status, they created a corporation for which now we all kind of work so you can argue the constitution but if you if you try to argue if walmart fired you in that scenario and you said hey what about my second amendment rights the judge would be like uh you signed a contract i don't know why you're bringing the constitution up sure aka don't bring that up again i'll hold you in contempt right same Mm -hmm. legal argument so I didn't intend to talk about this, but that's a very important thing. So go listen to the article being read by Yusuf L. How to get on the do not detain list. Uh, just so you know which video it is. It's got a bunch of uh, flags in the thumbnail. So is he, that's very helpful. Is he on Twitter as Higher Frequency 19? He might be because Higher Frequency Radio is his, um, okay. Uh, okay. his YouTube handle. So, okay. But so I I've, really I've prefer found all how of to this win stuff. I, I prefer urlaw.org and how to win in court without a lawyer.com, but he, that article is brilliant. So sorry, mm-hmm. Dr. Longo, I didn't intend not to comment, but you are, this is the first time I've heard um, uh, your content. Uh, interesting stuff. I'm, I'm no, I, I, I'm very slow to affirm something. So I can't say, Hey, yeah, I agree with everything you said. Uh, but I, I uh, on principle will hear anyone out. Like if you come with the wackiest of claims, way wackier than anything anyone said tonight, I will I will definitely give you an audience and and listen and and consider what you said. So very interesting stuff. I'm sorry I haven't got more to say, but it's not something I'm familiar with. Well, you know, talk about American law. Uh, do you know what the oldest um, ecclesiastic? Like legal ecclesiastic, ecclesiastic. Uh, what, what would the word be? Territory in America is uh, Greek Orth, Greek Orthodox oh, from Florida, from the northeast coast of Florida. I was going to go Jamestown. Uh, well, you'd be yeah. Well, this is contiguous, contiguous. Okay. I should have said, but um, you know, America starts with Florida. So if they lie about America, they lie about the law, they lie about this. Well, when do you think they started lying? You know, halfway through? Uh, probably right up, <laughs> probably, yeah, probably right up towards the beginning. So, um, you know, the, the pretense for, the, for Columbus's journey was the lie. So I, I think anyone can, can approach this. And I think everyone should approach the whole Florida, Caribbean. I mean, when Columbus himself arrived on his second or third journey, he professed in writing, this is paradise. This is the promised land. This is what everyone's looking for. And he wasn't just speaking poetically. That's what, that's kind of how all this is shelved and swept under the rug. Uh, I have an article from Pedro de Santander back to the king in about 1557. And he tells the king, this is the promised land. We are entitled to take it from them because here dwells 
the Moabite, the Amalekite, the Amorite, and the Canaanite. Now, these are, you know, Spain did not, you didn't have to hurl slanderous terms. Like Canaanite could be a slanderous term. You know, you have an enemy, religious differences, you say, that's a Canaanite. So I have the right to, to, you know, burn them alive. Uncircumcised Philistine, it wasn't necessarily talking about Mm -hmm. a person from Philistia. Sure. But Amorite, you know, Canaanite, okay. Uh, but to see Moabite and to see Amorite, Amorite means uh, Assyrian, to, to be North African, to be a Moor, to be a Moroccan. And the word America comes from the word Amor, whether it's Amorite, they'll tell you it's Amerigo Vespucci, or they'll say it's the South American Amurica, the plumed serpent, right? Um it's all one and the same. The uh, black Israelites point to Al-Marok, Al-Marok. You could even point to Eric, the Viking, and say, am Eric. Uh, and the, I would say these are all valid, and they're, they're yeah. probably much, much of the same story. Like, being, I, I don't know much about this aspect of history, but I do know there's an interesting temple, or no, no, more like a, a church. I think it's in Scotland. But I know it's in either Britain. Yes, or Roslyn, Roslyn Chapel. That's they the have. one. It's like 500 years old or something like that. They, more than more that. Than it's, that's, it's like 1100s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it predates Columbus by just a little bit. And it has all these... Um, it's got aloe, yeah. corn, and a couple other New World crops. Yeah. Here. Have you seen Chris Pinto's trilogy, or is it a quadrilogy on American history? Um, Riddles in Stone. No. That's an interesting one about the architecture of Washington, D.C., and he's got one about the New World being, you know, the f- discovering of America. That's where I learned about that, the Rosalind Chapel. I forgot the name of it. You know, they've yeah, got... That's, that's all I know. They've got pineapples in, I think, Etruscan art, Roman art, for sure. They have pineapples in Roman art, and they don't know how that got there. <laughs> Pineapples come from the Americas, from the Gulf, from the Caribbean, essentially, or yeah. um, Hawaii, you know. The- I, I, I'll tell you this, uh, ancient history, like what you're saying is like, they don't know. It's like, of course you don't know. If your paradigm's wrong, you're just, you, you can see the evidence and miss it. It's just like staring you in the face and you can miss it. So it's like ancient history is just one of the mo- many uh, subjects I've learned to no longer be dependent on uh mainstream mm-hmm. approved orthodoxy for because you know i'm just i'm just tired of finding out oh that's wrong too you know and i'm so glad ever since uh, epstein didn't kill himself and ever since covid19 it's so much easier to talk about this it's like see i told you the world was run by uh, you know satanic people i told you the world was run <laughs> by uh, you know pedophile blackmailers i told you the world was run by giant pharmaceutical companies and and so on and so forth but it ties into history because of course they don't want you to know where you came from, mm-hmm. what's going on, and where you're heading. Oh, these people are psychotic, and I don't like them at all. But anyway, it's the truth. <laughs> but so, yeah, um, so yeah, yeah, Rowan, let's talk about why uh, we had spoken by email before. You're you're a musician, and uh, you yes. wrote some awesome lyrics to me, and and suggested Thanks. that there were you know the potential for uh, 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 some partnerships out there you know people getting together uh, and and working on this song and maybe a video and i'm not a musician uh so i said you know hey i can probably facilitate i know that there are people out there who are musicians professionally because they've reached out to me they sent me their music and and i thought it would be great to get you guys in touch with each other yeah thank you so much i've been looking yeah. for a while posting here and there on 
conservative groups and uh, Telegram. I'm not really getting too many responses. Try the liberal. Try the liberal groups. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Wait, like they're well, gonna want. <laughs> once they read the lyrics, they won't want to participate. <laughs> you know, I, I, I'll suggest I could read them out online and see what people think. If if you think that would work well, Zach, you're the you're the pro here. But yeah. um, so the long story short, I've written a number of songs, but my most incendiary let's let's call it is a song called "Rage on Behalf of the Machine" because. It's sort of it's sort of about rage on behalf, uh, rage against the machine. I nearly called them by their proper name, and it's sort of about the left in general. It's sort of treating the band as sort of a, a microcosm for the macrocosm of that entire political movement and ideology. I think that it is impossible to be in that sphere without being a gigantic hypocrite at least a hundred times a day. We don't all have a little hypocrisy here and there in our, our, ourselves, but. Um, I think it's just a way of life for them. You know, post postmodernism makes it impossible for you to not be a gigantic walking contradiction all the time. But um the fact of the matter is, not to say that we don't have infiltrators in the in the, the conservative movement, but I mean, we have to be infiltrated. They are they are the establishment, right? So mm-hmm. it's like we are anti-establishment for real, and they have to flood us with agent provocateurs and 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 you know like the Pepe and all that or whatever his name is. Yes, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know they have to sort of tack him onto us, you know. Uh, but uh, they are the establishment, and and so that's what this song is about. It's sort of about the band, and it's sort of about that movement and uh, the chorus is just like the whole thing, just slamming them over and over again for the fact that they're gigantic hypocrites. Uh, what do you think? Should I, should I post the lyrics somewhere or read them out? Or what do you think? I, I, think- I, I guess I should say, I guess I should say real quick, what I'm ultimately looking to do with this song, I don't no- normally try to rip people off and do their style, but in this case, I have to make an exception. I want this song to sound like rage and I can do the guitar. Um, I can, I can do I can program drums if need be unless there's a drummer out there who can help me. I can play bass, but I'd rather an actual bass player do it. But what I really need that I don't have that I can't do for myself is I need a, a rapper who can, if possible, ape Zach De La Rocha from from Rage. Um, you know they suck as people, but they're great musicians. So I would like to ape their style for this, just as a real up yours to them. Um, and but more than that, I also have lots of songs that are not necessarily rap, but like. If you're a musician and you, you feel confident in your abilities and you want to do more with your skills to sort of um, get these ideas out there, you know, uh, do more with your voice. Uh, yeah, uh, I would love to hear from you. I can drop some contact details and then I would love to hear from you. But what do you think, Zach? I think that uh, you should give people like your social media handles so that they can find you online give your contact information right now. And then uh, I already got you in touch with at least one person. And I have like two or three other people that I'm trying, that I'm looking to put you in touch with as well. But, but yeah, give everybody your email and tell people how they can find you online. And I think that uh, uh, we can just make this happen organically. Cool. So my email is Rowan one six eight nine at gmail.com. That's R O W A N one six eight nine at gmail.com. And uh, just to confirm, it's been a while since I've used my Twitter, but I guess I'll check it out now that there people might be contacting me. My, oh, dang. I, I'm 99% sure my handle is at Twitter, uh, sorry, Trigger by Truth. Because, you know, you, you tell the truth and these people lose their minds. So at Trigger by Truth, and my username there is Jimmy Russell, because I like to rustle Jimmy's with the truth, you know? <laughs> um, so 
So that's all, that, that'll do for now to give out that. Rowan1689 on gmail.com. Are you in Aries? Are you in Aries? Uh, cancer, I think. July July 9th. Okay. I was actually born on the thousandth birthday of my city, Dublin. So hmm. that's interesting at all. Right on. So um, I'm Irish. Oh, by the way, you actually look exactly like my little brother used to when he had long hair. Mm-hmm. He was a vegan at the time, and now he went after me. Sorry, uh, I hope it's <laughs> I'm like a diehard carnivore, like a strict one. So <laughs> I'm uh, I'm also half Irish here, and uh, and so, um, but I, I I don't know exactly where my relatives hail from. I just know that I have a significant portion of my DNA is Irish. Um, my uh, uh, I was going to ask, do you know who Severe is? Severe Anon. Uh, he's he he's a rapper. He's got a channel on the foxhole, and uh, he's got. I think he's got a voice that this could actually work with, and that's who I'm. I'm actually going to be putting you with, and a bunch of people over on Foxhole suggested that maybe Severe would would be appropriate too. That name is extremely familiar, and yeah, I'll kick myself when I go look at him. Look him up after after this. We've done a number of shows together before, so if you've been mm-hmm. watching for any length of time, you may have seen him here on the channel, or you may have seen him working with uh, Space Shot 76 or any other number of hosts uh, that are on Foxhole as well. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Zach. I really You're appreciate everything you do, and I appreciate everything you've done for me in the last few days. Thank you uh, for the show, Dr. Longo. And, uh, yeah, I look forward to hearing from you, and keep it up. Thank you so much. And right on, brother. Thanks for the call. And a pleasure talking to you. Yeah, likewise. We'll talk to you soon. Peace. I hope uh, hope that you guys uh, out there that are musicians can get get a hold of Rowan and uh, make this happen. Um, oh, the the person who was waiting online hung up. So if you want to call back in, uh, then we'll take your call. But before that, Narco, we have to talk about uh, the baobab trees here in Florida. Sure. I was blown away. Lisa, Lisa was like, we got to watch Narco's latest video because he's coming on the show this weekend. And she shows me and like I, I am a bit of a, 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 a tropical fruit connoisseur, a rare fruit connoisseur. I, I seek out things that you can't necessarily just find at the grocery store. And uh, and baobab fruit is always something that I've I've wanted to try. And so I ordered some and then Lisa shows me your video and I was like, wow, this is perfect timing. So I, I don't actually have it with me, but. It's really interesting stuff. It's almost like astronaut ice cream in texture. It's very light. It's kind of like a, like mm-hmm. a foam, and it tastes mm-hmm. like somebody mixed up yogurt, chalk, and um, pop rocks. Like there is this like tang to it, and you almost feel it kind of fizzing in your mouth as the saliva breaks it down. Um, so it's a really interesting stuff, but I wasn't aware until I saw your video that baobab trees existed anywhere except in Africa. I mean, if actually, let me just, let me just show you what the one, cause they look different. The African ones are very distinctive and unique. It's like this broad, uh, trunk that extends very high up into the air. And then it just has, uh, like almost this, this small canopy up on top. And, uh, and it's a completely different structure. Uh, than what we have down here in Florida. And uh, we only have baobab trees in a select number of areas. Tell us about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the the baobab, I say it differently almost every single time that I say yeah. it. So don't don't uh and don't worry if I say it baobab. But um baobabs were told from Africa and mm-hmm. you're right the way that they grow in Africa very distinct they they call them the upside down tree because mm-hmm. it looks like a tall tree's been flipped upside down and 
planted with its head in the ground and its roots sticking up. That's kind of what they look like. It's very prehistoric looking. Mm-hmm. Well, this is this is the tree from Madagascar for people mm-hmm. who who are might have a hard time imagining it. If you've seen the Madagascar movie, they're that big. You can probably crash a small airplane into some of these, and it it may even stick around. You know, they're they're giant some of them, and they are usually and the the tall ones like that are well over. 2000 years old um they always try and bring these dates the the ages really really close and say that one's only 800 years old oh we need we don't know for sure meanwhile in other parts of the world like india they're dating trees that are significantly smaller than the ones in africa and giving them ages like 3000 years because they don't have the same political bias or political motive that we do, the propaganda, the uh, programming. And Indian but recorded history as, goes back so far, too. Yes. Yeah. So as far as baobabs in Florida, they're pretty much only in South Florida. As high north as you can find them is kind of West Palm Beach. I haven't seen a sizable one elsewhere um maybe up near St. Pete, St. Petersburg on the west coast. I've seen a couple but nothing big. Basically they're in Miami and just north of Miami we have what's called the Hollywood Circle in Hollywood, Florida. Hollywood, Florida was founded in like 1921 and at that time there was nothing there. Nothing. Just like palmettos, small. Well, they created a circle, and in that circle are five, and I quote, ancient baobab trees. And I quote the mayor of Hollywood when I say ancient. Well, they were planted in the 30s. I'll, I'll get around to that mystery. But in Florida, there's really only like a handful, maybe about two dozen sizable, notable baobab trees. In India, there's about five there's probably less than 10. And in India, they are revered, worshipped, like decorated. Just you can't even emphasize how much they worship these trees. And they identify that baobab tree with what's called the Kalpa Riksha tree, which is pretty much the second, if not first, most sacred tree in the Hindu and Buddhist faiths. Uh Buddha was underneath a banyan tree, and the banyan tree is the one that has the, uh, you know, the vines coming to, coming down from up top, and you can swing them like Tarzan. It's the Tarzan tree. Well, that's Buddha's plant. That's Buddha's tree. Krishna, however, Krishna, he preferred the baobab, the Kalpavriksha tree, and the Kalpavriksha tree. Its arrows are very specific, and you find those on the baobab tree. In Florida, uh, it should be noted before getting into any of these trees that Florida, of all the world's sacred trees, of all the trees that are like integral to mythologies, religions, cultures, faiths, all of them virtually grow in Florida. 
whether it's the Euro- whether it's the European, the oak, the ash, they're in Florida. Whether it's and there's older oaks in Florida than there are in Europe. Hmm. That's that's mind blowing. Uh, you have the Fairchild oak here in Florida. Some people a- age it over two thousand years old. So you've also got um, the Capoc tree, the sacred tree to the Maya and Aztec. You have the Baobab, of course, the Banyan, all over Florida. Banyan. Thomas Edison, when he moved, when he moved to Florida, what was the first thing he did? Planted a banyan. Ironically, it's now one of the largest banyan trees in the world hmm. here in Florida, and it's only a hundred years old. Well, wow. wouldn't you? Wouldn't wouldn't you look at that? That's what we're told, right? Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people just look at the architecture when they're trying to dissect the old world or an alternative timeline, alternative history. But we shouldn't stop there. We should look at the linguistics. We should look at the food. We should look at the cuisine, the fashion. You know, there's all these breadcrumbs. There's all mm-hmm. these threads that can be pulled. For example, um, I would love to talk to you about, uh, I don't want to get into it right now, datil pepper, datil pepper. Okay. Do you know about that? Uh, up near uh, St. Oh, Augustine? Yeah, yes. Uh, only because I saw it mentioned in one of your videos, I believe. But I don't know anything about it in particular. So, yeah, that's something really cool about the St. Augustine area. Very unique. But with the trees, you know, you have all these anomalies, like trees in Florida when they should not be here. Just like some people would look at a mud flooded building mm-hmm. and say that that doesn't make sense. If I'm thinking with an open mind, that can't make sense. There are trees in Florida that if you view with an open mind, they blow holes through the mainstream narrative. Cave. Uh, Henry Flagler, for example, has a Capoc tree in front of his mansion made out of solid Kakina not Kikina, sorry, just solid white limestone. Okay. It's a it's a castle, essentially. It's a four-sided star fort when you look at it from above. Almost identical to the one in Miami, owned mm-hmm. by a John John Deering. Um, four-sided star fort with the corner in the middle, a four-sided bastion fort that they eventually just put a roof on. Oh, look, now it's a villa, now it's a mansion, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, made out of solid, solid limestone walls. Same stuff they're building castles out of. Mm-hmm. But you get the idea. Absolutely. Uh, Fla- Flagler, who built all of Florida and who was busted using slaves decades after slavery was was ended. This guy who killed one of his wives, it's alleged, right? Who owned most of the newspapers south of Jacksonville who wrote everything we know about him, pretty much he wrote himself, (laughs) Um, partner to John D. Rockefeller. He, John D. Rockefeller, who had his house built on a mound, right, Mm -hmm. up in uh, Jekyll Island, where they have an Indian mound golf course purposefully built onto Indian mounds. Mm -hmm. Well, that same guy, Flagler, best friend of Rockefeller, business partner, co-founder of Standard Oil, he built his villa in Palm Beach with this giant tree. And we're told that he transplanted it, took it from South America, 
and planted it in Florida, and that that's the first Kapok tree in Florida. That just really, like edit. <laughs> that seems unlikely to have a tree it's, transplanted from South America to here. It was either it was between thirty and sixty years old. Wow. It was either planted in eighteen thirty or eighteen sixty, and then cut out of the ground, put on a boat, shipped to Palm Beach, and then planted next to Flagler's. Um, planted next to Flagler's. Can I? Sh- can you search um, Henry Flagler Capoc tree? Yes, I will. And interestingly enough, I, I live in Flagler County, and I'm assuming that's mm-hmm. where it was named after. And that, in regards to his usage of slaves after the abolishment of slavery, Flagler County was the last school district in America to segregate. Uh, they kept separate schools for for black kids and white kids for longer than anybody else. Henry and you guys, I see that there are two people on the line. We are going to get to your call, so don't hang up. Uh, Henry Flagler, and how do you spell Kapok? Is it K A P O? Okay. Okay. Kapok tree. Okay. Flagler, and there, there's one picture that just really drives this point. Oh yeah, this is the tree that it, it almost has like ribs. That come up out yep. of the ground. The roots grow in such yep. a way. Yeah, that's uh, that's awesome. There it is. And they tell us that this tree could not have made it to Florida naturally. No. It's native to the Caribbean and South America. But yes, for some reason, however, in the Bahamas, you have Kapok trees in the Bahamas right there, right off the coast of Florida. You could practically throw a football from Florida to the Bahamas just about. Um, so, really, so, but. so if those land masses were connected at one time, it, it would, you know, be pretty easy for them to hop over. Or, you know, if we're talking earlier in the show, you you mentioned something about Florida's kind of, um, you know, static climate. You know, it's always it's it's never too cold, it's never too hot, and it's really stayed that way for a long time. It, that would make that would be an argument uh, for you know why mm-hmm. these sure. certain types of trees would be able to exist here and and not someplace else. Oh yeah. Okay. I'll take it. Yeah, I'll um, take it. If if anyone wants to to refute my claims that a tree is older than the the people who planted it say it is, <laughs> I will happily take the argument that Florida is the Garden of Eden, and thus any tree would accelerate its growth. And that's actually what they tell us about that Kapok tree. Mm-hmm. They tell us it's a it's a um, instance of hyper growth. That, is that because of the quality of the the soil here or something? Just everything. A combination, humidity, salinity, this, that, whatever. That it all results in perfect conditions that's actually better than where that tree is native to. And there's a lot of cases of that going on in Florida. So you're absolutely right. That is a, a good um, angle. Excellent. All right. Uh, next caller, you're on the air. Can we get your name? Fever Flav. I'm sorry, did you say Flavor Flav? <laughs> nope, Fever. Fever Flav. Fever Flav. Welcome to the program, Fever, Fever Flav. Flav. How you doing? Hey, man, I'm doing great. Zach, first time caller, long time listener. Dr. Narco, this is an incredible, incredible cast tonight. Um, so I just wanted to uh, bring to light the stuff that uh, that I've experienced up here in the great state of Wisconsin, God's country, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so uh, I, I grew up uh, well, well outside of Lake Mills, Wisconsin, uh, in a place called Pewaukee. That's where, uh, for your sports ballers, where J.J. Uh, Watt went to high school. I played some ball too. I, I'm a very small person, so not uh, not very good. But uh, I just wanted to uh, bring to your attention that the stuff you're talking about tonight is absolutely uh, what would be a good word edifying for for those uh, uninitiated. So uh, basically, we've got a we've got a place right around the corner from me called Astalon which is a state park in which there are uh, mounds that it has been hypothesized. Um, they were, uh, you know, thought of as burial mounds, also thought of as harvest moon mounds, uh, harvest sun moon uh, mounds. Um, it, but anyways, I, I read a very intriguing book uh, when I flew down to Key West this past year. And the book is by uh, Frank Joseph called The Lost Pyramid of Rock Lake. So I can summarize it very quick. Um, pardon me. I'm a little bit nervous being it's a first okay. time caller. Nate, you've got um, nothing to be nervous about. Go ahead. This is, this is actually something I know just a little bit about. So I think it's fascinating. Continue. All right. Thank you. Um, so basically the, uh, the copper mines that are up in the upper peninsula, mm-hmm. um, back 13,000 years ago, these people, these settlers, these, uh, you know, workers that the Native Americans um, talked about in this book, uh, I want to say it was the Ojibwe Indians, something like that. They spoke of these people that would harvest the copper from Copper Harbor, uh, from the uh, Nagani area, of the Upper Peninsula. Well, then they would bring their harvest of copper down the Wisconsin River all the way to uh, what we have here, which is the Crawfish River. And these mounds um, were basically a a trading post for, um, I don't know if they were quite the Astalons, but the book does cite that the people of the Astalon nation were from uh, the Caspians um, over in Europe. Mm-hmm. And it was the Caspians who told Columbus about the star patterns and uh, constellations to follow to get across to the New Americas. Mm-hmm. So this, you know, Frank Joseph it basically hypothesized that Columbus was given the star map to get across the ocean to, uh, what do you call it? Uh, to claim, to claim the new land as, you know, something for the, uh, Eastern Europe or Western European, uh, the Catholic, the Catholic Reich or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> but I, I found it so intriguing that even though I lived uh, <laughs> as a high school student and I've, you know, I've, I, I've always been down different rabbit holes and 
you know, I think, uh, that JFK movie in 91 really, really woke me up. Um, that, uh, you know, they gave this direction to Columbus and that is essentially what is, you know, settled most of the, uh, Western European Europeans over here. Yeah. The Irish navigator as well. He took an Irish navigator with him that he met in a bar who allegedly had been to a landmass, a landmass in the West. Um, his name was William Harris. He was logged as Guillermo Harris as a Spaniard. He was not a Spaniard. He was Irish. His name was William Harris. Yes, I remember Guillermo. Okay. Okay. So, um, I, I honestly, I just, I think the whole, um, basis of what we've been taught over all the, all of these years is just a, just a hint at what the actual truth, you know, could be. Mm-hmm. And I, I find it deeply intriguing that, uh, you know, you, Dr. Narco and Zach, um, that you guys are, you know, giving it, giving it a new light in this day and age. I, I really truly believe that. So excellent. So, yeah, well, with you know, that this, all said, um, this, the, you know, the, the, uh, uh, the pyramids, <clears throat> uh, excuse me, of, uh, of, of, uh, of rock Lake, uh, you know, this is, this is something that uh, I've, I've heard about for many years, and I know that uh, there is some controversy in uh, accepted scientific circles about this. And they always try to denigrate it and say, oh, it's just some stupid rock piles at the bottom of the lake. Well, even if it is just a, a pile of rocks at the bottom of a lake, you know, then the question becomes still who made those rock piles? And if it was made by humans, then it must have been made far, far earlier in the timeline than what they're telling, like, you know, pre-Ice Age, okay, back when this stuff was uh, was up, uh, you know, uh, on on sea level and before any of the water had melted and filled in these basins. And so no matter whether or not they are in the shape of a pyramid, as we would imagine in Egypt or even down in, uh, in, in Central America and Mexico, uh, you know, it still shows that there was some human intervention and that they were here surviving in a society far before that. Now, um, uh, uh, Fever Flav, I don't know if you had a chance to check the last show that Narco and I did together, but we did talk a little bit about the uh, copper mines up in the Upper Peninsula because we were discussing the uh, presence of the Phoenicians here in North America. And uh, and mm-hmm. so I, I would suggest you go back. It was only about a month ago. Uh, if you haven't seen it yet, definitely go check it out because we talk about so much more stuff in that one, too. Okay. I, I seldom miss a show, okay. but I, I did, in fact, miss that one. That's um, okay. Very good point about the lake. It was once much, much lower mm-hmm. than it is now. Um, fishermen that I've talked to around the neighborhood here, and there's a one guy who owns uh, quite a bit of property. Um, he was saying that Lake Mills was such a hustling and bustling little uh, suburb of Madison, if you want to call it, you know, the train comes through, you know, that, that sort of thing. We got the glacial drumlin trail all the way from Milwaukee to, Ooh, I don't, I, I don't even know how far the glacial drumlin goes. Um, but uh, the, the point being that the lake used to be low until the grain mills came in until the lumber mills came in. And then they, they like dammed it all off. And the, the water level rose, but um, it, it, 
there's a picture from 1300 feet outside of a Cessna from 1994, I believe, mm-hmm. where you can clearly see a triangle in the middle of the lake. And then, uh, based on the book that I've read, um, there's all sorts of other, you know, structures under the water. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm not a scuba diver, so I can't go down and exactly, you know, examine this myself. But there is a uh, group of people that every year in spring go out when the murkiness and the algae and that aren't aren't really there. Mm -hmm. And they'll take you down there. You know, it is absolutely fascinating, very incredible. It makes me believe that the past and the history has been completely suppressed from us. And that's why I loved your guest tonight talking about, you know, how the Eden and the Atlantis, um, you know, could, could actually be right there in Florida. Yeah. It's it's an awesome thing to think about, and you're absolutely right. History has been hidden and suppressed, and we've been lied to, and you know, then they, they wonder why people are conspiracy theorists in the 21st century. It's because everything <laughs> is a conspiracy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I listen, definitely agree. Well, be, thank be you be so ver- much for the time tonight. Appreciate um, you. You know, it, it was great to talk to you, and keep on doing what you're doing. Um, you know, it just. Remember me, little old fever flave from Wisconsin. So all right, will do, brother. Thank you for the call, man. Right. Thanks for the great comments too. Thank you so much. Have a all great right. evening. Good night. You too. We'll see you, brother. All right, and we had Maga Mama on the line too, but she hung up, and uh, that's fine because we're now past the eleven o'clock hour. Um, but uh, uh, Narco, w- was there anything else that you wanted to make sure the audience knew about tonight, or any uh, rabbit holes you want to send them down before we close out for the evening? Um, no, just that my upcoming project's going to be focusing on Greeks in Florida. So I did the Fertile Crescent video, which kind of centers on the Islamic origins, Islamic traces in Florida. This one's going to focus on the Greek, and we're going to show how it's actually not much of a difference between Greek and Islam, or at least pre-Islamic Islam whatever that means, but Greeks in Florida, you know, there's Greeks in Florida before there were Americans. So I think it can be best summed up with that sentence. Most people don't know that Greeks in Florida before Americans in the 1700s. Okay. And we're going to push that date farther back. Ancient Greeks in Florida, of course. And then we can show this with the linguistics. Um, and that's why I brought up the pepper. There's uh, the datal pepper up near you. There's a pepper in the St. John's area, St. Augustine down to New Smyrna that only grows very, very unique to the St. Augustine area. And it was imported by Menorcan settlers. And these were essentially Ottoman colonists, Ottoman settlers brought in by the British to Florida, and it's barely talked about. And that's pretty much what I'm going to be focusing on and why I brought up that pepper earlier. But 
Well, I I look forward to seeing the video when you're done with it. And then perhaps the next time you come back, we can focus on that exclusively and we can go down that uh, that path. Um, Let me go to the the chat is still not working on Rumble, guys. If you're watching on Rumble, we still got about eighteen hundred people over there. So thank you for sticking with it and uh, appreciate it over here on the foxhole. uh, Let me say thank you to uh, Crystal Jane. Also to Nakaz again. Uh, D Patriot said, great guest. Liberty Bell says, I love you, Red Pill. Great show as always. Space Coast Patriot says, I tried to call in twice. It rejected me twice. I don't know why that would be. My best advice to you guys, if you want to call in, uh, is to download the Zoom application. It's totally free. You make an account. You sign into it. You can set your screen name to be whatever you want to be. You don't have to use the camera. You can just call in with audio. But the Zoom app is the easiest way because all you do is click that link and it brings you right into the call and then you will be put into the waiting room where I bring you in individually one at a time. I pay for the service to be able to do that because otherwise we have 10 people on the line at once and everybody has their microphone unmuted and it's a it's a hot mess. Uh, so Space Coast Patriot, download Zoom and maybe we'll get you on next time. Uh, Low Country Brooklyn, she says, uh, Dad, do it. Peppa sauce from St. Augie is the best. And I'm assuming that's made with... That'll do it. I know she's referring okay. to the that'll do it, uh, That's it. Uh, hot sauce from St. Augustine area. Yeah. Okay. Shout so out. That'll I got, do it. I got to go to uh, Publix and pick some up. Uh, Low Country Brooklyn said, is he referring to the White Hall in Palm Beach? My sofa is out mm-hmm. of White Hall. He gifted it to us. That's the same thing? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. White Hall, Palm Beach. Yep. All right. And then Brooklyn also said, Flagler borrowed money from his former in-laws to loan to Rockefeller to start Standard Oil, now Exxon. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we, yeah. he didn't just know John D. Rockefeller, he bankrolled the guy. Well, see, that's the thing, is that everyone knows who Rockefeller is. Mm-hmm. No one knows who Flagler is. Yeah. And if you want to... So that's just the the um, the infamy and who was in front of the curtain and who yeah. was behind the curtain. It's, it's starting to look like Rockefeller was more of a from a um a f- yeah exactly um it's funny to think of it that way but it's starting to look that way because you had flagler and his brother-in-law mm-hmm. so just off of just off of sheer numbers that's two versus one yeah. right Fla- flagler and his brother-in-law or stepbrother brother uh half brother i forget i think it was brother-in-law um they outnumbered rockefeller Mm-hmm. And they they stayed in business for years and years and years. This didn't this didn't end until the um, what was it Trust Act or mm-hmm. whatever it was where they yeah. broke up. So if that didn't happen, that's what sent Flagler down south to Florida. You know, um, but yeah. Okay. So, um, filter dog one said fever Flav, Great call. I, uh, absolutely great way to end the show. And then Florida girl for truth says, it seems like this was a super interesting show. Going to have to watch the replay. Please do. It definitely was. I'm going to go ahead and pass out the gold pills over here on the foxhole and say, thank you very much to everybody who is uh, supporting the show. Uh, with your hard-earned dollars. I I need to say especially thank you to Kelly over on Cash App who gave me a $250 donation. Kelly, I can't tell you how much that means. That's that's very, very generous. She said, thank you for having Dave Jose on. 
last night. So I'm glad that you enjoyed the show with Dave. And if you guys didn't see the show that I did with Dave last night, you should check it out. And Narco, I'm going to recommend it to you as well, because Dave has uh, some uh, some some excellent things to teach. He's a, a, a man of great knowledge. And I think that you're going to vibe with a lot of the stuff that he's talking about. So uh, with that, sure. uh, please make sure you're following Old World Florida on Twitter, on Instagram, on YouTube. You got any other accounts you want to tell people about? Um, my my assistant runs the Twitter. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you, that's great that you have so an assistant. That's all I'll say. Yeah. Okay. All right. But so I'm, the Instagram is me. So Okay. All right. Well, for everybody at home, thanks a lot for being here. Uh, I got tomorrow off, so I'll see you Monday. Good luck and God bless. We'll see you then.
When it comes to stubborn belly fat, we're all searching for a miracle pill. Generally, you have to use multiple products that target belly fat differently to manage excess weight around the stomach. Some products may focus on abdominal exercises or dietary changes, while others might focus on boosting metabolism or controlling cravings. But believe it or not, I may have found a solution that removes the need for juggling through multiple weight management products. It's called Belly Trim, and it's more effective at targeting belly fat, enhancing metabolism, and promoting a toned midsection better than most weight management products I've seen typically found on store shelves. Tens of thousands of five-star reviews back up the notion that Belly Trim is not only a breakthrough in a bottle, but that it also removes the need for us to use countless diet pills and fat-burning supplements. But there's more. If you place your order for Belly Trim now, you'll also receive 51% off free VIP live health and fitness coaching for life, two free new e-books titled Top 10 Foods That Burn Belly Fat, and Top 10 Exercises to Reduce Belly Fat, a 60-day satisfaction guarantee, and last but not least, free shipping. Simply go to www.trimwithus.com. That's www.trimwithus.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. Once again, that's www.trimwithus.com. Order now. Energy bills are rising at a historic rate, and there's no end in sight. Talk to enough people, and you'll soon realize nearly everyone's shocked at their recent electricity bills. Some studies reveal energy costs have skyrocketed by as high as 60% in as little as two years. That's why tens of thousands are installing this magical little device from SavePowerBills.com to help slash their energy bills. This sophisticated gadget stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your appliances and electronics. Simply plug it into your home's wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Countless five-star reviews back up the notion that this device is one of the most efficient ways to save money while beating the greedy power companies. But there's more. If you order now, you'll also receive 65% off, fast shipping within the USA, hassle-free returns, and last but not least, a 60-day satisfaction guarantee. Just go to SavePowerBills.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. Once again, that's SavePowerBills.com. Violent crime across the U.S. has skyrocketed. Just recently, a politician was carjacked by three armed attackers outside his home in Washington, D.C. This comes several months after another politician was assaulted in the elevator of her building. Between mass shootings, kidnappings, burglaries, and carjackings, it's never been more vital to learn how to protect yourself. This is why tens of thousands are choosing the Fighter Flare Flashlight. The Fighter Flare Flashlight has awed people with a wonderful design and massive light output. On top of an ultra-bright 800-lumen light, it boasts powerful strobe lighting modes for self-defense, a glass breaking hammer, a built-in power bank, solar-powered recharging, rope cutter, siren, and much more. Countless five-star reviews back up the notion that this flashlight is the latest and greatest in the EDC market. But there's more. If you place your order for the Fighter Flare flashlight now, you'll also receive 66% off, free express shipping, and last but not least, a 100% lifetime guaranteed replacement. Simply go to www.fighterflare.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. www.fighterflare.com. Order now.